1: Years ago, H.G. Wells visualized roads such as these in his science fiction fantasies, and today they're a
0: reality. You're listening to The Afternoon Commute, with John Adams and Chris Kendall.
1: Welcome to The Afternoon Commute. Today is September fifteenth, two 2015. If you'd like to hear previous episodes of the afternoon commute, you can go to hoaxbusterscall.com. You'll find those posted up there alongside previous and the most recent episode of Chris's Monday night broadcast, the original Hoaxbusters Call. Also posted up there are various videos and articles, some of them original in nature, so make sure you check those out. Uh, On Friday, September eleventh, Chris was on the RBN, uh, Republic Broadcasting Network, with uh, Clint Richardson on his... Corporation Nation uh, radio show. So make sure you check that out, Chris. You did a very good job on there. Thank you. you. And, uh, I was recently on a podcast with Marcus Allen on truth in seven minutes, uh, dot com podcast. Uh, we did a 20 minute little mini chat about, uh, political dialectics. So, um, Check that out if that's something you're interested in, add truth in 7 minutescom Our guest today is no stranger to the afternoon commute. He's a nice guy. He's an intelligent guy, and um, we always enjoy talking to him. His name is Pierce Redmond, and he's from Policy review.com Make sure you go check out some of the stuff he's got up there. Uh, some of our audience might know him from the CIA and Hollywood podcast, that he does, which uh, Chris and I both uh, listen to when there's new ones up there. And we are eagerly looking forward to the second season. And Pierce does that with his friend Tom Secker from the grassy nose of Yolkshna. <laughs> Maybe I will have to incorporate my Tom Secker impersonation into the next Alex Jones skit we do.
2: I hope so. I've been enjoying both of those so far. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, so anyways, yes, Pierce, how are you doing, sir? Good to have you with us.
2: I'm good. I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I'm sorry we, we were having some Skype problems and, uh, I'm actually talking on my phone right now, but it does, uh, it gives, you know, it's like a very, very old school radio vibe to it right now. So I like that. That's right. We'll um, just we'll, just pre- we'll, we'll just pretend we're on the Tom Valentine show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Chris thinks that's funny, right, Chris?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know who Tom Valentine is, but it sounded funny. Uh,
1: Well, it's interesting because we're we're actually going to talk about the history of Patriot Radio and um, uh, the alternative media and where all of this uh, type of stuff comes from, and then I'm sure we'll make our way into the resurgence of the white nationalist, white supremacist uh, thing being... Reinjected back into uh, Patriot Radio and Alternative Media, just all at once coincidentally, of course. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, well, I've been looking into this uh, stuff for quite a while. I was actually thinking about doing a hoax call report about uh, John Burke Society and Patriot Radio and that type of stuff as well. It's such, a, uh, it's such a big subject. It really is. If you start looking at all of the uh, branches, like where... If you try to get a... a uh, Try to come up with, like, a basic scenario of where a lot of this came from, it, it actually comes from a lot of different places and actually stems all the way back into the 1930s. Mm. Mm-hmm. And... um so we don't have to go that far back, but I, I'll give a brief uh, synopsis of kind of where I'm coming from with it, and that was around about the time that the Depression happened. You know, uh, people have, in America, for the most part, if you go look at, you know, old history books um, or uh, just kind of old history in general, you see that, that people really are, in the general population, really are and were skeptical of the way government acted. Um, there was a inbred kind of, uh, you know, suspicion of government collusion with big business and that type of stuff. And, and so the depression got a lot of people curious as to, you know, why something like that would happen. And a lot of, uh, what you would call radical or extremist groups, at least that's what uh, the media would call them, uh, come out of the Depression era. And there was a whole bunch of uh, different um, groups. There was, uh, like, there was a uh, Catholic priest who was also on the radio. He's very famous uh, in the past. He was uh, Father Coughlin and they were, called, they were called the Coughlinites, and they were very uh, anti-Roosevelt, anti-New Deal, anti-Jewish bankers. And then um, once he got up into the time where the Nazis were coming to power, he was actually very pro-Nazi uh, Germany as well. And you see a lot of that, too, with a lot of the people who were um, kind of touted as Heroes to a lot of the early mo- movement, like, um, Charles Lindbergh, um, <laughs> uh, Henry, uh, Ford used to put Protocols of the Elders of Zion and all of the new Model Ts. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, that should be proof right there that the Jews don't run at all. Just the fact that <laughs> an elitist like Henry Ford is putting all that stuff out there. Um, also, uh Robert Taft, Robert Taft, uh, which Ron Paul likes to talk about how, uh, I can't remember what Robert Taft's book is, it's a foreign, like a foreign policy, I know the Ron Paul book's called A Foreign Policy of Freedom, the Ron, the Robert Taft book from the 50s is called A Foreign Policy of Non-Intervention or something like that, I can't remember, and like a lot of that stuff sounds good, but Robert Taft also was a Skull and Bones member, um, and he is like the grandson of William Taft. Uh, But he was, I, I think he was very pro-Germany as well at the same time. So there's some of that stuff coming into it as well, where you're seeing a lot of this stuff once again, this uh, rewriting of history through alternative sources, that Hitler was a good guy, Hitler was really against the New World yeah. Order, even though he used the term New World Order himself. Um and so once you get up into the nineteen fifties, and I will I'll be real brief about this so uh, you guys can chime in too and not hog all the time, but um but once you get into the nineteen fifties you have the left, the uh what I would call the academic left kind of coming out against uh anti communist McCarthyites. Um, and then when the John Birch Society's formed in nineteen fifty eight, they really start coming out strong against uh Anti-anti-communist uh, and the John Birch Society is kind of the uh, birdcage liner that takes all of the uh, you know takes all of the crap for being anti-communist and all that, and that's where the sole kind of uh, attacks are focused on. And I think it really succeeded because out here in Los Angeles, in in Los Angeles and Orange County in Southern California. Uh, there was a large, large contingency of John Birchers out in these areas. And it's funny, a couple of years ago, maybe five or six years ago, I was watching this this, uh, PBS documentary on the history of the Chandler family, which the Chandlers are basically the Rockefellers of, of Los Angeles, and they ran and started the L.A. Times, and they had a whole bunch to do with, uh, you know, the Mulholland Water Project that stole all the water from Central California and brought it down in, into uh, Los Angeles. And the the documentary started out. I, I was really surprised. The documentary starts out, and they, they show this picture of G. Edward Griffin from the 1960s. And he's he's talking, and I'm like, what the... Well, what the heck's G. Edward Griffin? Like, what is this about? Because oh. the sound was down. Um, the sound was down, and I was watching it with subtitles. And so the subtitles come on, and uh, it starts talking about how the L.A. Times launched a series of of uh, op-ed attacks against John Birch Society. And they even say in there, like, start talking about how like a lot of people saw that and went went and joined the John Birch Society because they saw they saw all. Oh all of those attacks, right? So that got me real interested in it, and uh, that's why I was sending you guys those articles. And there's a book uh, that I have here in my hand, and it is from the year 1963, which is only five years after the John Birch Society started. It is called The Radical Right, edited by Daniel Bell as uh, Richard Hofstadter uh, Daniel, David Reisman, the guy who wrote The Lonely Crowd, um, H.H. Hyman, S.M. Lipset. I don't know who some of these guys are, I know who Alan F. Weston is, that was the article that I sent you from Commentary Magazine, which was a neoconservative magazine that started, was started by Irving Kristol, um, so there's, there's a lot of stuff here, and, uh, really, if you go back and you look up, if you go to the Book of Knowledge Wikipedia, um, I'm saying that facetiously, Uh, you will see that when you look up the survivalist movement or you look up the patriot movement or you look up militias or any of that type of stuff, they always mention that it goes back to the John Birch Society pretty much for the most part, that that's where far-right radical extremism comes from. Uh, the lo- it comes from the loins of the John Birch Society, and so I guess that's kind of the starting point. Um, Pierce, you, you got anything you want to add to that?
2: No, just uh, just just to just to agree with you. Um, and I actually didn't you're just mentioning G. Edward Griffin. I didn't uh, realize until uh, recently I was looking up some some stuff on the j d s and he was pretty, I didn't know that he was like a lifelong member. Um, and uh, contributing an editor to the New American, which is their magazine, and I think even some of his books are published under the John Birch's um, publishing arm. That's would say all you all you need to know about uh, G. Edward Griffin and his agenda and whatnot. Well, um, you know, it's, you know, it's an interesting
1: thing. I, I just I just found out by looking up stuff. And I don't know if this is coincidence or what, but there is an overabundance of guys who start their name with the letter G who just happen to be officers and presidents of the John Birch Society. <laughs> it's it's really, it's really weird. If you, you can go look that up. I, I just noticed that the other day. I was like, look at all these guys who start their name with the letter G affiliated with John Birch. I wonder what that is. But, um. <laughs> um. Yes, uh, G. Edward Griffin's, I'm, I'm going off memory here, but G. Edward Griffin's first book, I believe it was called The Fearful Master, a second look at the United Nations. It was published by Western Islands Publishing. And I own a, uh, I have a pretty big library, not as big as some, but I do ha- own a lot of books. I have a floor to ceiling, um, bookshelf, like a library bookshelf, and, uh, full of all sorts of goodies and I own a plethora of Western Island books that I have literally found all of them in thrift stores and used bookstores across Orange County. That's my empirical evidence that that the John Birch Society was very prominent in this area Mm -hmm. uh, back then because uh, I would go into thrift stores, I would just find dozens of copies of these old books, and um, I own quite a bit of them. And, uh, a lot of them are, uh, have very interesting information, uh, and very, uh, true information. A lot of them are just plain hilarious, I have to say, yeah. Hmm. Um, my favorite one is one called the Red Web. That's my favorite one. Hmm. And it's, uh, it's got a picture of the Capitol building with this red spider web wrapped around it. <laughs> 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 oh my God.
0: Dommage.
1: Yeah, so, uh, the commies, uh, the commies are under the bed, and that type of stuff. But the most famous, the most famous in, in uh, I would say, there, there's actually two that are neck and neck, and they both uh, come from uh, interesting sources. John Birchers themselves, though they weren't, these books were not published by the John Birch Society, and that would be None Dare Call It Treason, published in 1963 by John A. Stormer. Mm-hmm. And of course, none dare call it conspiracy. Published in 1971, I think it was, by uh, Gary Allen and Larry Abraham. And if anybody's familiar with Bob Chapman of the International Forecaster, uh, he is now deceased. He was the one who financed that book. And from what I, I've read, a little bit of history and heard people talk about it before, that the John Birchers and uh, the um, the, you know, libertarian types would go, actually go stand down on the sunset, on Sunset Boulevard and pass out free copies and then they're called conspiracy to people on like Saturday nights. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and go, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, I mean, um, well, one, minute, real, real bizarre little thing, but do you know who George Allen's, um, son is? Yeah, he, uh, uh, Gary Allen's son,
1: he, he, yeah, runs, yeah, he runs Politico.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's the, the chief political writer for Politico, and he's, uh, very bizarre character, um, never speaks about, people, uh, it wasn't until very recently that people actually knew who his father was, and, um, no one knows actually where Mike Allen lives in D.C. He doesn't, he gives people different dates for his birthday, and, uh, and he claimed, uh, to the New York Times that he grew up in a, quote, a political household, which I just did not believe at all. <laughs> um, and of course he's, uh, he's known for, um, you know, softballing questions to, uh, the Bush administration. But, um, you know, all, all that I was going to say too, I mean, so much of, um, you know, how, how I got, uh, interested. And like you were saying, John, this stuff comes back very far and it's really interesting to see how, um how the truth movement has formed because of the, the John Birch society, and I you know I couldn't recommend uh, more uh, going out and watching the Secret Right by Josh Reeds, which um has a ton of information on the JBS, the, the Council for National policy, the connection there. That's um, a and I will say, yes, yeah, great. I think uh, there's parts where I kind of disagree and and Josh Reeds kind of gets into a uh, long-winded uh, thing about the Jesuits and, and the, that sort of stuff, but his research is, is 100% sound. Um, and he also just makes some really interesting points too about, you know, taking some of what the John Birch Society was talking about, which may not have really been all that terrible, uh, but manipulating it and manipulating more importantly the people involved within it, Um and I mean, again, too. Look no further than who is John Birch himself. He was just a, an OSS spy. He was just a, a you know an agent of the government, um, yeah. which is obviously none of the Birchers gonna say that, You know. Um, have, and have you have I mean, you ever
1: read that book? Have you ever read the life of John Birch by Robert Welch? No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay, I, I'm I, I'm gonna go out there. You might you might disagree with me. Um, that's okay because we've disagreed in the past, and we're we're cool with that. <laughs> I'm going to say I call into question the entire story of John Birch. Uh, it sounds like a it t- sounds like a fabricated story. I read it years ago, um, be- even before I started questioning things a lot deeper than I do. I I, I read that book and I'm all this sounds this sounds like the most perfect story to evoke emotionalism. In people who are patriotic, mm-hmm. and it sounded too perfect to me, and so uh, I, I'm not saying that I know for a fact that it's fake, but I do. I have a suspicion that it might be a fake story, just just because, um, like you, like you're pointing out, he was an OSS officer. He's an intelligence asset, and. The story is almost too perfect. And and another thing was the tagline for the book was uh, "Find out about uh, America's first casualty of the Cold War."
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, actually, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with you. It could totally be. um, I'm sure. You know, I, I believe he was definitely a real person. I think, but what his story is. God only knows. Um, and it could I wouldn't be surprised either. And I think again, that's the um you're talking about all oh, the first casualty of the Cold War and all this sort of stuff and the communism and reds under the bed and uh, yeah, I think it was totally designed to elicit an emotion. And it's scary, you know, we're talking you were saying at the beginning this sort of white nationalist uh sentiment that's becoming uh very in vogue. Um and uh, you know, I wonder. You know, again, going back, I mean, what was what was the John Birch Society really about? You know, was this really about communism, uh, or was this about some some much deeper uh, sort of a um, a, a project? Because again, at least according to Josh Reeves and what he's uh, researched, so many of these John Birch guys were members of the CF. Were, they were members of the CFR or the Trilateral Commission. No, the very groups that they claimed were being run by the you know the evil commies to take over the world. So that's right. And, and Robert,
1: Robert Welch's uh, Robert Welch and his brother James owned a candy company, Welch's Candy Company, which they sold to Nabisco, right? Yes. Yeah. And James Welch went on to be a uh, to be employed by Nabisco after after that and like you could you could maybe say this is kind of a stretch but I'll just put it out there anyways whether uh whether it's a stretch or not but Nabisco was the is a acronym for National Biscuit Company right hmm. and Nabisco one of the Nabisco headquarters was actually in uh Buena Park California which is in Orange County um, hmm. uh, so I I knew I uh, know know about Nabisco uh, real well here and uh, actually knew some people who used to work there. Um, but the uh, – so National Biscuit Company. Now, National Biscuit Company was owned by the Rockefellers. Okay? Yeah. And when Nabisco – Nabisco became the largest food conglomerate at one point because it merged with another food uh, thing owned by the Rockefellers. And here's how you know that it was a darling of the Rockefellers because it was called – Standard brands, standard as in Standard Oil. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was directly Nabisco purchased the uh, Welch's Candy Company, and um, and so I, I find that to be uh, pretty interesting. But th- there's another thing. There's this contradiction that that kind of takes place as, as well all over the anti-communist John Birch uh, world is that uh, there's a, something called the Manufacturers Association of America. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them were John Birchers, and a lot of them were uh, corporate heads, um, heads of big corporations, uh, even people, em- like I said, employed by Rockefeller-owned companies were all anti communist And I could see how that worked because what, what was if you read the uh, the radical uh, right by the uh, academic left, <laughs> they um, they put out the meme in those books and in those publications that the Birchers, like I said, this is this is uh, social engineering is what it is. That's what I think John Birch is all about. It's it's a social engineering tool for the for the time period. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they they put out the meme that that John Birch Society and people who are of the extreme right and who believe in conspiracy theories uh, conspiracy theories that they are these wealthy well-to-do um, elitists who uh, are racists, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they're putting out. Uh, like every single one of these uh, essays in this book talks about how racist the, uh, well-to-dos are, right? And, um, it'll even go as far as to say that, you know, well, yeah, Senator McCarthy is not a racist, but the people who follow him, in fact, I, it's, I'll bring that up right here, I've got it right here, it says, um... McCarthy's support can be attributed to his identification as a Republican fighting Democrats. In other words, the vast bulk of his backing came from regular Republicans, while the large majority of Democrats opposed him. Although McCarthy never attacked minority ethnic groups and seemed to have consciously tried to avoid linking Jews to communism, many of his critics have felt certain that McCarthyism appealed to religious and racial bigots. Liberals have generally believed that anti Semitism and rightist politics are associated and have therefore assumed that while any given form of right wing extremism may not be overtly anti Semitic, such movements such such movements attract anti Semites. With respect to McCarthyism, there has been the further assumption that those who believed in Jews as hidden as a hidden source of social ills would also be disposed to believe in a hidden domestic communist conspiracy that had infiltrated the government. And here's the thing about all this stuff. There was communist infiltration. There was real there were real communists. There were real communist groups in America. Um, there was all sorts of uh, nefarious activities being done by uh, communists and all that. And uh, I just wanted to bring this up. I thought you would find this uh, pretty interesting, Pierce, that my grandparents were actual volunteer citizen spies in San Francisco in the 1950s. Really? Yes. (laughs)
2: like that.
1: (laughs) Okay, so they... What they would do, because San Francisco was a, uh, wasn't, you know, arguably still is a main hub, uh, you know, around the Berkeley area of communist activity. My grandparents w- did not work for the government. They were volunteers. This was, You can go look this up. It's, a, you know, it's just historically accurate here. My grandma would tell me, told me a couple of stories about it, how they would go sit in, find out where communist meetings were they would attend it and then they would take down notes and then go report on all the people who went to it Ooh. Hmm. and so so that's a good way for the government to uh, not have to pay anybody to go uh, get some names of people who uh, in, back in that day might be the potential uh,
3: bearded man with the uh, turban yeah. yeah got all that going yeah. on today now same thing yeah
1: yeah, and, and so so uh, what it was is there was I uh, I don't believe that there was actual real communist Cold War threat. I think that you know, be, you know, behind closed doors. I mean, you got Khrushchev coming over here, uh, hanging out in Hollywood, visiting, uh, hanging out with Marilyn Monroe and Frank Sinatra. He wasn't the evil guy. Everybody was tout, you know, in the news and in the media. And when Eisenhower and Kennedy are up there uh, with their hawkish on war but then it's okay for cruise to come over and hang out with Marilyn Monroe it's like what um, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of uh, weird stuff going on there but yet down on the street the man on the street just like today he was scared like like my grandparents they were scared out of their minds of communists
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so much so that they would, go, go ahead go ahead no, no, no. no. You're I was just going to say, so much so that they would even volunteer to go sit in communist meetings because they were so afraid that communism was going to destroy their way of life, and meanwhile it's being run as a top-down operation from both sides, both the anti-communist and the communists.
2: Yeah, that's, I was going to kind of... Uh, two things to kind of add to that. Um, one is that the, the current CEO of the John Birch Society, Art Thompson... Um, uh, brags constantly on his YouTube videos about working for the police in Seattle, infiltrating, um, you know, left, left, uh, leftist and communist groups. Um, which i oh, I just found so bizarre because so much, you know, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about in the New American, the police state, and then you got Art Thompson bragging about working for the police. But anyway. And, Back to the, the whole, this, this threat of communism, what I always, what I've found interesting, doing a lot of the, the, the sort of research into the CIA in Hollywood, where there's obviously tons of, of uh, communist leaning people there, and uh, you, you start to see though is that the CIA doesn't necessarily hate communism, you know, necessarily in the way that we think they do, and that they were fine with working with communists like people like Dalton Trumbo. Uh, there's a movie coming out with him uh, very soon, uh, that I'm sure he's not going to pick up on any of this. So, yeah, and, that, and that's the thing that's interesting, again, you know, so much of the uh, joker's and you, you're right, too, in saying there totally were communists here. Um, and, I, and I think that's just kind of well, duh, you know, I mean I'm sure the Soviet Union they had their moles, you know, in the FBI or in, uh, you know, the CIA, the same way that we had moles in the KGB and you know, the, the domestic uh, spying apparatus in, in the Soviet Union. That's just, you know, obvious. That's, that's how spy work works. Uh, real quick, let me add on, on that point while, while you brought it up, um, if
1: you don't mind. The, um, oh, go ahead. Uh, you brought up the FBI. Now, the FBI, during the 50s and 60s, seems to be the darling of the John Birch Society. They love the FBI they love the FBI. The, the FBI is anti-communist. J. Edgar Hoover is yeah. a good guy. Um, in fact, J. Edgar Hoover's book, Masters of Deceit, um, is always, uh, you'll you'll see, when you read a lot of the um, John Birch publications, the old ones, the 60s ones, you'll find that they're referencing stuff out of Masters of Deceit as if it's some, you know, Bible of anti-communist stuff. And, and, uh, I, I could only, i really could only get through about twenty pages of J. Edgar Hoover's book before I started—I <laughs> cra- started cracking up, laughing. Mm. It, it, it's amazing. It is. It, oh, it's it's, it's brilliant. Um, but there, but uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, FBI guys, interestingly enough, associated with John Birch, um, who who came out like Cleon Skousen. Uh, was an FBI man, and he wrote The Naked Communist, which I own a first edition copy of, found in an Orange County thrift store. And <laughs> and I also own a copy of The Naked Capitalist, his uh, critique of tragedy and hope as well. Uh, and and Cleon Skousen, like I said, he was an FBI agent. He's a Mormon. Uh, hmm. That seems to go hand in hand Mormons and intelligence agencies at a certain level. And I'm sure that's a entirely a whole different show altogether. Um,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, um, then you have Dan Smoot, who is very famous, and another book that I found a first edition copy of is The Invisible Government from 1962. And that's really one of the first books, uh, besides, um, besides a Morris Beale's book on the drug industry, uh, that, which was written in the 50s. That's really one of the first books I've ever seen where they where it talks about the CFR, the Bilderberg Group, um, all that stuff. Now, the first edition of the Dan Dan Smoot's book, uh, *The Invisible Government*, is not published by Western Islands, but the one in the seventies is republished by Western Islands. And the reason I brought him up was because once again, he was an FBI agent, and he was actually the administrative assistant to J. Edgar Hoover. Oh. So he was high up in the FBI, and so uh, the the one thing that the John Birch Society uh, and McCarthyism definitely succeeded at was creating the notion that a police state is okay.
2: Yeah, as long as they're going after the commies. That's right. Know. That's right. They, so it's no, oh, they'll never turn on
1: us. <laughs> but see, but see. It changed culture altogether because before that, I mean, people weren't really into that. People were. Uh, it was a different culture where people were kind of like, okay, well, you know, yeah, somebody has a different belief than me. I'm not really that interested in, you know, whatever whatever it is. You know, you want to do, do it. But the the Red Scare brought about this. Uh, well, that's actually the second Red Scare. The first Red Scare was when the Bolsheviks came in. They were scaring everybody back then too, but not so much as to uh where you want to uh, spy on your neighbors and do all that type of stuff. That really was the impetus for the big brother type society was the uh anti communist movement was well yeah it's it's privacy privacy is good as long as you're not a communist. Yeah. And then it's okay for the government to peep in on everything that you're doing and we need to have citizen spies spying on you. So there you go.
2: Yeah. No, and, and again, I mean, uh, and at the same time, I think that you know the um, the people at the top of this whole. You know, it's funny you're saying that the people. You know, uh, you get these virtues that are you know associated with the FBI, but then you get you know you go up an even another level, and you get uh, again linking the conspiracy culture, truth movement. Um, with the John Birch Society, you get, you know, a lot of uh, stuff coming out in the wake of, of the JFK assassination. And, but then you have people like Edwin Walker, who's a former general, who's an Ed John Birch member and was deeply connected to the assassination. And he's, you know, quote-unquote, he was shot by Oswald uh, just before JFK was killed. And this is then all corroborated by George De Schilt, who's obviously some sort of CIA guy. Um... Uh and, and that's not the only these other weird John Birch uh, connections with the uh, Robert Kennedy. But um yeah, again, I mean it, it, Guy and, Bannister. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's the that's um, the first place I ever heard of the John Birch Society it was in that scene in the J F K movie back when I was a teenager was watching that and Kevin Costner and the guy are walking and then he says, Oh yeah, Guy Bannister, John Birch Society, FBI and mm-hmm. um I know, I didn't know, and it wasn't until I heard that Bob Dylan song that uh, I heard of the John Birch Society again.
2: Yeah, and and again, I mean, you just sort of have to, uh, I don't really think you can separate the two. And of course, if you go to the, you know, the JBS website right now, they'll have a a page where it's like myths and the truth, and they're like, no, we're never connected with the JFK, blah, 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 you know, don't worry, there's nothing to see here. You know, move along. Edwin Walker was a great guy, uh, whatever. But there is a connection there. And, and furthermore, I, I, you know, when you start to dig that away, it's not about communism, you know, at that point. You know, they, they might, they might have been telling themselves, oh, you know, JFK was a, a commie. But the people, you know, you look at Edwin Walker, it wasn't really about communism. It, you know, if anything, they were afraid of the very minor, possibility that JNK might try and, you know, sort of um, corral the uh, the intelligence state a little bit, you know, and this, this goes beyond uh, politics when you're talking about assassinating a world leader like that and setting a precedent for all, uh, you know, future U.S. presidents after that, that, you know, if you even hint at wanting to, you know, corral us in, we're going to blow your brains out all over your wife. Um, and and furthermore, you know, just sort of to say that I I don't really I think that the, the John Birch Society kind of uses the cover of communism uh, in order to mask their their real agenda. And again, you know, on the same level of uh, of a uh, uh, an Edwin Walker, uh, what is that? John John Singlau, who. was deeply involved in Iran-Contra. And yet, while she might be claiming, oh, this is all about stopping the communists and, and whatnot, um, you know, it's, it's about drug trafficking. You know, it's about maintaining a, a, a grip on the drug world. Uh, right. It's not really, you know, it's not really about communism or any of that. You know, once you reach that level where you're organizing death squads in El Salvador and Nicaragua and things, it's not really, you're not really it's not about communism anymore. I mean, you know, allegiances like that mean nothing when you're, you know, part of the deep state like that. So again, I think that's what they're using. And again, also to sort of uh, acclimate people to uh, the idea that, like you said, you know, they'll they'll go on and on about, oh, the police are evil. We don't want a national police. Um, But at the same time, I mean, it's not like they're really, it's not like the German society is speaking out against you know, the police shooting up people left and right every other day. You know, they're just talking about, oh, but, you know, the communist-controlled U.N. is going to, you know, have a a national police force in America. Yeah, it's interesting, but you brought up uh, John
1: Singlaub. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to go here in a quick second, but I just want to bring this up because another – Another book that I found really odd, really strange. In um, I read it uh, probably about ten ten years ago. It's so much older than that. I think it I think it was uh, put out in 1988, and it is a book called Shadows of Power. It is by James Perloff, mm. and if you re- you go through all that book, and it's a, it's a book uh, on the Council on Foreign Relations. It's really, it's really detailed, really good book. Until you get to the very end of the book, and it starts talking about how great and wonderful uh, the uh, what, was, what was the um, oh man it, it starts with a P what, what was the guy's name in um, in uh, shoot where was it not was it Nicaragua uh, who was the leader over there that they were. Not no, he's Panama um uh, Somoza, yes, is that who the sandinistas overthrew yeah yeah i can't I can't remember all that stuff, but um, been a while since I looked at it, but yeah that that book is talking about how Somoza is this great, wonderful guy I'm not yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Hmm. yeah, so the so the John Birch Society puts out a book talking about how. Somoza is this great and wonderful guy, and he was like this—he re- was like a, a real conservative or something, like bizarre. And one of
2: Somoza's books is published by the the, JBS, the um, their publishing
1: group. Oh, it's, that's that's strange.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no, I mean it's, it's John. It's like those, It's like the, the these you know Austrian economists. uh, the so-called libertarians that uh, think that, you know, Prismichard was great because, uh, you know, he let uh, Hayek come in there and and implement all sorts of things. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's true.
1: That's that's a – I guess we'd we'd have to do a part two because I I actually have a copy of of this – how many pages is this? This 713-page magnum opus called Radicals for Capitalism, a Freewheeling History of Modern American Libertarian Movement. Uh, it was, it was published in 2012, and it's pretty much got like all cr- sorts of crazy stories about uh, libertarianism that I think would uh, be a good thing to talk about in the future. Maybe we could do a separate thing on libertarianism just in general, mm. uh, because that was something I was uh, infatuated with for quite a while. Yeah, as was I. <laughs> yeah, and and it's interesting to know. I'll just say this on on that note that the that the libertarian economists were you aware, this Pierce, that the libertarian economists actually have their own secret society called the Mount Perlane Society.
2: No. Yeah, <laughs> I would <will> be surprised. <laughs> yeah, there there is a
1: libertarian secret society. Okay, yeah. I, I, I found out about this uh, years ago. Uh, from Anton Chiakin, I know he's kind of a questionable uh, LaRouche, former LaRouche guy, right? But, but then, when I read, uh, I found a book in a, in a first store, of course. Um, the book was called uh, The Mount Perlane Society. And it was, it was like the whole description of this secret society that Henry Hazlitt, Murray Rothbard, Milton Friedman...
2: Um, really?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. You gotta go. Gotta go look that up. These, these guys had yeah. had a secret society that they formed because they wanted to keep their uh the ideas and all that stuff pure with uh, the idea of laissez-faire capitalism. So, hmm.
2: mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yet again, one of those things that uh you know. They don't talk about, you know, no. on Ron Paul forums or stuff like that. Yeah, you want, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um... Or, you, you know, know, yeah, Mises. Gen- gentlemen, unfortunately, I have to uh, lead the conversation. I really want to stick around. But, um... Mm. But, uh, my daughter is probably tearing the curtains down right now. <laughs> um... <laughs> let me, uh... Let me, uh... Log off and then, uh, if you guys want to reconnect uh, separately.
3: Okay. Sure.
1: Okay, yeah, man. Um, all right. Good. Good talking to you, uh, Pierce. And um, I look forward to hearing your and Chris's uh, conversation on the flip side.
2: Absolutely. Right.
3: Thanks, John. Uh, all right, guys. Later. Talk
2: to you later.
3: Chris. Hey, Pierce. Yeah, I just connected right up that time.
4: Okay. Yeah, Good. you know,
3: I, I I restarted
4: my computer. Oh, uh, okay. When we were talking, um, in the hopes that maybe that was, uh, yeah, Skype is is just a pain in the ass to be honest.
3: Yeah, it uh, probably has. Different uh, effects on the different platforms and all that. And, yeah, uh,
4: I, you know, you can't you, you can't really complain at a free product from Microsoft. You know, it's going to be right. full of
3: little issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not too long ago I was looking at the network traffic on mm-hmm. my computer, and uh, man, Skype is just chatting away on the internet all the time, yeah, even when you're yeah, not connected. Yeah. It's like, oh crap, what's yeah. going on? But uh, mm. but you know, I don't stress Listen about any stuff. That. The
4: audio wasn't so bad at my end.
3: Oh, so you, you, yeah, it sounded like it was coming through pretty clear, everything was...
4: Yeah, I, I put on some some kind of nice, uh, I had some some fairly uh, good uh, earbud headphones with a little microphone on it, so uh, hopefully that'll kind of,
3: uh, a little bit at least. Oh, yeah, um, it's always better, it, yeah. The, okay. Yeah. So, um, okay, let's uh, start it back up. Chris? And uh yeah, can you hear me? Did I just lose you? I can hear you. Let's see. Uh maybe your audio uh speakers are Hello? I hear you. Can you hear me? uh
4: i don't know i uh i can't hear you if you can hear me right now
3: um yeah i do oh, no, wait
4: yeah i can't hear you hold on one sec give me one sec here there's something with my uh sound card and um. sometimes it doesn't like when i put my headphones in Which is what it's doing right now, so I'll just probably, I might have to keep them out. Yeah, I don't hear any echo or anything. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, it's it's kind of annoying, because like, yeah, I don't know what the hell it is, but uh, it doesn't like sometimes when I put my headphones
3: in. Yeah, probably switch it to your audio source or something.
4: Yeah, or, it's uh, something... I think it's actually... I, I have Windows 10 installed on this, and apparently there's a bunch of weird sound card glitches or some oh, sort really? of driver issue with, uh, with Windows 10.
3: Oh, so maybe it automatically switches the driver? It,
4: it does something. It's like... Sometimes it's totally fine... And then other times, like right now, I, I can't hear you when I plug in. Hey,
3: try uh, this. Uh, if you plug in your headphones, it may, maybe what it's doing is it's automatically switching your driver so that you need to go into the Skype preferences and select a new output source. That's what I source. thought.
4: Uh, because what does it have it set to? Just speakers? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Let me try one thing, and then we can, uh, we can just start recording. Okay. Yeah, no, you know, it, it's like one of these things, it'll, it, I'll just, I'll unplug it and plug it back in enough times, and then it just starts working. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um. Yeah, they need they need some updates for Windows ten. Um but I'm i mean I'm otherwise I'm I'm good to go if you wanna if you wanna get the conversation going again.
3: Yeah, you and John were talking about uh oh um the secret society with uh was it, Milton Friedman and uh the, Yeah, the yeah man. Yeah, I would uh,
4: Mount Perlin Society. I just uh look that up on Wikipedia. Um bizarre but doesn't at all surprise me. I mean there's such a occult a alchemical thing going on with libertarianism. Oh definitely yeah. And and I, I mean we we we've we've talked about that a couple of times, Chris, and the whole the whole gold stuff and um I mean all of the you know, Ron Paul's whole thing is very Freemasonic his whole, <laughs> you know, um, uh, career. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me at all, but, um, uh, it was interesting, um, when John was talking about the Somoza stuff and, and these, you know, that's, it, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, and that kind of leads into the white nationalist, uh, stuff that we're seeing, but yeah, I mean it's it's the this this complete love of uh, really brutal people if they're against this the so-called you know evil thing, be it communism or you know right now it's it's this you know it's the this international Jewish conspiracy.
3: Right. Yeah. Uh, it's the old dialectic process mm-hmm. you know, where you know you get, oh here's here's and then it's like everything. In the, can give it, you can give something a definition of, oh, this is the uh, evil empire or what yeah. have you, and then it's like, well, whatever means necessary to defeat them, so we got to be evil too if that's what it takes, and then it's like, oh, right. so you got both, you got, you got it, you got people, the the people being hit from both sides with, uh, with the uh, uh, just allowance for there being the, those. The total underhanded tactics, but see, both sides are controlled at the top by the same organization. You know, uh, it's the same old story that takes all kinds of different <laughs> forms. You know, I remember <laughs> when I was—I listened. I've listened to GCN Network for a long time uh, when I was younger, and that's how I kind of—well, I, you know, I was getting into. I read some books. I was just and then I came across uh, uh, Patriot Radio at the at the time that it was uh, getting onto the internet, mm-hmm. and so I remember like back then I would stream the stations through uh, this. Oh, real media player, and that was kind of the only thing going. Oh, did you use that too?
4: Yeah, for, oh, for it's all, yeah, I just remember when the the real media player was something that, yeah, the people Yeah, that was the shit
3: then, I mean, that was it (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) (laughs) You could stream audio, which was cool, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I was all into that, and then, you know, GCN was on, and I would listen to uh, I would listen to that all throughout the day and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever I was, uh around the house or whatever i'd have gcn network going on and then you know they're telling you about the new world order they're telling you about Mm -hmm. the uh sometimes they go into communism sometimes they go into that but uh yeah with the uh the the racism angle i wanted to bring up something about that is that uh now that there's a research of it it has its uh you know, foundations going back to the early days of this Patriot Radio, and I was going to go into a little bit about this uh, article I found about it. Uh, this guy James Lloyd—I don't know if you heard of him, but Not sure. Yes, yeah, he's talking about him. Uh, yeah, he, he came to limit, according to this, he came to limited national prominence during the time which uh, could be called the heyday of alternative shortwave which is 95 through 98, I think I was listening to, uh, I started to listen maybe um, around, uh, wow, 90, yeah, probably around 95, yeah, mm-hmm. the co- and then on the coattails of uh, Steve Quayle and in the appearance of the Blueprint for Survival Program, it was this, this period that the alternative shortwave radio became reach, uh, began reaching out to a public audience, or domestic audience, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people who had co- who had become fed up with the controlled media had discovered shortwave radio, and shortwave radio had, had discovered them. And you know the CIA is uh, they have of what they call number stations, which are kind of these oddball kind of stations out there on shortwave where they send you know encrypted communications across and that you know that was uh something that the CIA is uh you know heavily involved in you know maintaining those and so they have so they've always had kind of an interest in in shortwave radio and then you know so now that the the this this patriot movement starts up and then you know so it's it's it it gets its uh footing in shortwave radio and then of course spreads out on the other platforms you know with like the internet and stuff later but uh mm-hmm. I, but I just wanted to mention when I was listening back then, um, you would have these references to a certain brand of Christianity, and and, mm-hmm. and one of the uh, tenets of it is the sacred name. And you would hear this the host, like if they were making a reference to God or something like that, they would always use a specific name like Yahweh or uh, referring to Jesus as Yahshua. Yeah. And uh, that is, from what I understand, is a tenet of uh, Christian identity.
4: Right. I was just going to say that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So Christian identity, from what I understand, is the the this uh, doctrine that uh, white folks, you know, naturally are the true descendants of the twelve tribes of Israel, and the Jews aren't. The Jews are the the uh, counterfeit. You know, right, the wicked, the Oscanazis, yeah. the usurpers, and they're they're <laughs> the untrue Jews. The white folks are the, which also has interesting parallels to Mormonism, Um and yeah, you would, it wasn't very overt though, but there was always those uh, subtle references to it throughout the, uh, a lot of the different uh, programming that was on GCN. Now, I I I, I tend to think like with this. That there were, there's probably, you know, a a good chance there's individuals that you know had shows on there that may not necessarily been in on the whole thing being a a CIA operation or whatever it was. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, how can you say for sure? But uh, I definitely uh, got the impression that there was a uh, ideological undercurrent. To uh, especially in terms of like religion and uh, ideas about that, and then yeah, it turns out it's uh, uh, what's called Christian identity. Mm. Mm.
4: Yeah, I don't. I, I, I actually. I mean, I I think it's. I, I think a lot of people don't really know. I think a lot of people that subscribe to the either the John Birch Society or that sort of right wing Christian alternative radio they're not even really aware of uh i mean they, I, I didn't know about the you know the council for national policy until i saw josh reeves film the secret right oh. uh and that's like you know that the think tank of think tanks uh filled with all of the neocons all of these uh, jbs people and and, and uh all, you know different um uh you get uh, different cults uh associated with them the um the big one being the um, the Church Universal Triumphant cult, uh, which has deep connections to the alternative media movement. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone is familiar with the um, uh, what's his name? Um, he wrote the you know Wall Street and the Rise of uh, Hitler, uh, Anthony Sutton. Anthony Sutton yeah. All those videos of Anthony Sutton uh, giving speeches—that's in front of a cult, the Church Universal Triumphant. Elizabeth Prophet. Oh
0: really? Uh, wow.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Elizabeth Prophet was connected to the Council for National Policy um, uh, through a bunch of different um, things. I got a book I found uh, oh, maybe a year or so ago called The Coors Connection, which is all about the Coors family. But there's a, a little footnote where they're talking about Elizabeth L. Prophet and how she was speaking at these, uh, you know, CMP-funded um, group meetings and stuff like that all about Star Wars and the apocalypse and she very much fell into this sort of uh you know apocalyptic worldview that a lot of these you know um, Christian identity people also fall into but yeah I don't I don't think they're necessarily aware all the time um you know because I think they would be shocked but uh it is real it is, I mean look at the entire Oklahoma City bombing uh, I mean, everyone within that was connected to either the FBI or the CIA. So I think it's real. But it, I think, furthermore, though, it's it's that that you know you're saying you're, you know you'll be listening to this and it's everything is fine, and then all of a sudden you get this this sort of you know racial thing thrown at you or religious uh, sort of argument, and that's that's generally how they kind of sneak it in there. Um, and they, you know, they'll they'll try their their damnedest to be as intellectual as possible, um, right? Uh, and I, you know, uh, John uh, sent me the uh, the full David Duke Alex Jones quote debate, uh, and I did suffer <laughs> through two hours of that. Um, and um, the same thing where Duke gives this this so-called, and all the comments on YouTube, you know, are this this sort of. Uh, oh, Duke is so intelligent. It's like, no, he's not. I mean, he might have this sort of veneer of intelligence. But once you break past a a couple of the words, he looked up in the thesaurus just before the interview, everything is just Jew this, Jew that, you know, the Jews control this. And it's really boring, too. It's like nothing there. And the funniest thing about that entire thing was, you know, all the comments are like, Praising, uh, quote, you know, Doctor Duke. That's what we all have to call him now. Yeah. Um. You know, after he gets his uh, PhD from a neo-Nazi university in Ukraine, uh, which is you know hilarious in and of itself because obviously the right wing in Ukraine, these uh, you know, the right sectors, Foboda, all those groups are working uh, for the CIA. hmm Uh, but you know that aside, <laughs> uh, you know, it's all praising Doctor Duke, and then all the other comments are obviously talking about how well. I mean. Everyone knows that Alex Jones is a, you know, a Zionist um, agent. Mm-hmm. You know, his wife yeah. is a Jew, so that means he's a Jew and blah, blah, blah. You know, leaving aside the fact that that entire interview was just Alex Jones giving David Duke two hours to spout nonsense and hatred.
3: Yeah, and then you're listening to it and you say, this can't possibly be the Alex Jones show because he's not uh, interjecting every yeah. three minutes, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
3: but that—that yeah, was a startling just to listen to that alone. Him not interrupting a guest—that's mm-hmm. that's, that's uh, quite the rare bird there. And then, uh, you know, I think you could get some better understanding of what you're listening to when you're hearing David Duke prattle on for you know however long he went on for, like way more than any other guest I've ever heard. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So you under- if you could have a better understanding of. Uh, who uh, a large uh, proportion of Alex Jones' listener base is, and yeah. he came out of GCN Radio, and uh, and this uh, a, a lot of that their uh, you know core listeners are of this uh, Christian identity, this racist uh, Christian ideologies mm-hmm. that are out there, and uh, so when you hear something like that because you know he he he's he, you know jones of course he's a showman so you know he's he's got to broaden his appeal but you know he's got to keep his his base happy and uh now that we're seeing this resurgence of this these uh you know racist ideologies you know now coming more to prominence in the alternative media yeah it's no surprise that you're going to find david duke popping up
4: for sure yeah yeah i mean that seems to be the new um you know that's just the new normal now. All of the and Duke is. I mean, I I really didn't think even a year or so ago, when this really started to become an issue, I could have. I, I didn't really ever imagine that it would come to the point where David Duke is, uh, Doctor Duke <laughs> is. Uh, it, I mean, he's like on all. He's on Red Ice. He's on Alex Jones. He's on uh Mike Rivero's stuff. I mean he's still I think his show is still on the Jeff Rentz's network. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Uh but yeah, I mean it's like and now he's on CNN. I, I will say this. Uh you know, God bless his soul, Bill O'Reilly had him on. And really? Bill O'Reilly he made Bill O'Reilly look like a good person. <laughs> wow. and, okay. And O'Reilly was actually uh kept interrupting him as he's uh you know want to do and um, basically just, you know, yelling at David Duke to just tell, you know, to to admit that he's a, a white supremacist, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, and this is this new thing, too, with this, uh, you know, uh, European identity politics and, uh, you know, this white genocide and all right. this, you know, and now they're linking it again with these, um, you know, the refugee crisis uh, in Syria um uh, and uh, uh, also I mean the the you know uh, black uh, migrants that are you know coming into Italy and things like that but uh, you know again it's also it, it's Duke complaining about that and it's like A you don't even live there and B huh. the amount of them coming in is so minuscule compared to you know places like Turkey or Iraq mm-hmm. or uh, Lebanon where there's, I mean, thousands upon thousands of Syrian refugees. But the other thing, too, is, you know, they, they play up this, this white genocide. Everyone is against us, blah, 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 blah. But you never hear David Duke talk about NATO. You never really hear him talk about the CIA, anything like that, which is obviously the biggest murderer of people. And they're mostly, you know, aside from the Serbs, they're all, you know, non-white. Um, you know, Duke will complain about the Palestinians, uh, you know, or, or he'll he'll use them as a you know uh, an example again, just using using them, uh, and mostly to be like, uh, oh, and they're killing Christian Palestinians. You know, uh, I don't think Duke really gives a shit about you know Muslim Palestinians, but uh, and this is creeping in more and more. And what's so funny too is that it's it's not just on the right too; it's like the left is is using the same sort of, you know, Zionist this. And it's really, I mean, it's just becoming, to me at least, so transparent that this isn't, this is just, you know, typical old school racism. Uh, yeah. And it's unfortunate.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, this uh, article I was referring to goes on, and I think this is an uh, important point that's made in here. It was, uh, you know, the, the time that the Patriot Radio's Coming to prominence, it was uh, 20 years after America's defeat by the communists in Vietnam. Uh, of longing, they were longing for a source of pride and uh, and for some substance on which we could hang our hopes for better uh, uh, for better things to come and to and to legitimize our sense of outrage and resentment at being lied to and led down led down the primrose path to the second-rate status in the world. It was uh, the disaffected American Christian seeking a new hope for his cause. And the patriot seeking an outlet for his patriotism, weary with disgust and delusionment, uh, who was ripe for this experience. So that's so you have this uh, undercurrent, this of sentiment that people are feeling, and then oh, along comes uh, patriot radio, and yeah. uh, right, and then introducing people to like, oh, did you know that you're the true Jew? And, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so that 's very interesting that that, that i don 't think most people are aware of is that there 's this ideology that 's like uh, the mirror image of the jew you know so mm. it 's like we're the true Jews, and so they take upon themselves the uh, status of the jew, and then uh, all this stuff plays out you know with them uh, identif- uh, the Christian identity identifying themselves as the true Jews and then uh which is also a, a, a racist ideology like and then you know it's like well okay if you're white you're in i don't know did you <laughs> yeah right. uh, yeah did you run a blood test on that white you may look white but you know yeah, yeah be yeah, like right. a lot of people like is you know it, uh mm-hmm. you, one of your parents is a jew or one of your parents is yeah, black or one right. of your parents is a, but you don't uh express those genes so <laughs> you look white
4: hmm no, that's a great no, exactly. I mean and that's it 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 once you start, you know, polishing, you know, uh, getting rid of the veneer of this pseudo-intellectualism. I mean, it's just it's all BS, you know what I mean? It's all they they just they want to be the 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 superior, you know, group. These whatever this European white nationalist, you know, identity is. Um and uh it, it's I guess what just worries me is it's now Gaining such traction within all sorts of sectors you know it's like you'll you'll see if you you know if you watch like say like press t v the iranian state broadcaster um you'll see uh vi- you know communist you know type uh political analysts uh you know and they they could be from you know somewhere in say Nigeria or something like that uh you know and they'll be they 'll be talking about whatever you know. Uh, Boko Haram being, uh, you know, CIA puppet, something like that, or Africom, and then you know, in the next segment, it's David Duke <laughs> on talking about, oh, the you know, the Jews, this, the Jews, that. Oh, I love the Palestinians. All of a sudden, uh, you know, and it, 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 both of them are kind of uh, coalescing, and it, it really just, it, it, what, what's so shocking to me is just that there's really few and far between people are uh, just saying this is crazy. This is insane. I mean, I'm sure you've seen uh, this, this, you know, the whole, oh, the, the hollow hoax and, you know, no one really died in the Holocaust. And actually Hitler was kind of a good guy. Yeah. Um, or or at the very least, he didn't really know what was going on. And, oh, it's just a, you know, again, it's all just a Jewish conspiracy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there was never a conspiracy to commit genocide against a, a myriad of people. But instead... Yeah. There was uh, an even larger conspiracy on behalf of the Western countries to make it look like the Germans were committing a conspiracy so that the Zionists could create Israel. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just like once you start peeling that away, it's like, what is going on here? Um, and it, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of scary. Um, and I don't, I'm not really sure what to make of, of where this stuff is going. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, yeah. And then you get, you know, you get the, the David Duke type people who are real, you know, I mean, just, he's a racist. There's really no way around that. Um, but then you get the, 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 you know, the more, I don't know, the Alex Jones, the sort of the actors of the world that are able to poke and prod people. Because that's what I mean. He'll, like, in that Duke interview, he, he you know, looks so-called, uh, oh, moderate, you know what I mean? But, you know, he's the same person complaining about Mexican immigrants all the time. You know, he's, uh, you know, he'll say these wild things about, oh, they're all actually, you know, drug dealers or MS-13 gang members that are coming in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you so he, he, you know, he, he's feeding into this as well. And it's really, uh, startling that people don't see this, these quote unquote awake people don't see it. And again, then you go another level and it's, you see that, uh, you know, the intelligence, you know, agencies like the CIA or the FBI or things like that, they're controlling so many of these alternative, uh, news outlets. And, um, you know, you're talking about GCN. There's a the whole theory that um, uh, Adnan Khashoggi, um, uh, you know, is is the man, but putting up the money for GCN, okay. Um, which uh, on face value might be like, "Oh, uh, that's kind of crazy." But um, there's a whole there's a whole thing about uh, which Khashoggi did fund. Uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Oh. Okay. Uh, that book by John Gray. And then John Gray, of course, went on to be a nine eleven truther. And there's wow. a whole bunch of evidence uh, that some of these early nine eleven conferences were actually funded by a company that Khashoggi
2: owned. Um, oh, really? And, okay.
4: Yeah, and of course, yeah, and, and Alex Jones, is, <laughs> he's addressed the the outland Khashoggi thing. And in uh, one of them, it, it's in The Secret Right. Um, and he's like, you know, Well, uh, you know, I I already, you know, some some Khashoggi guy, I already already know, and it's like you don't know who Adnan Khashoggi is. Um, I mean, then you just you're not really then you're not really a truth teller if you don't know who you know the most famous arms dealer, international you know fixer, drug lord, uh, you know Saudi connected guy is. Then I mean, he is you know he's at the middle of Iran Contra. Uh huh. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, so I mean. That's what I mean. You know, you you start kind of peeling this back and and you you start to see that, you know, from the very beginning, uh, the powers that be knew the power of the alternative media, so they wanted to absolutely control it. Um, And again, uh, you know, it's it's, – what's so funny, you know, is too, like, you know, one of the things that I was always uh, really – Uh, interested in, even before 9-11, two things. One was Iran-Contra, and the other was uh, um, uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. But, you know, you'll see a lot of people in the Patriot movement pointing to OKC, rightfully so, that, you know, there was some sort of plot here or something like that. But at the same time, they'll also kind of be like, you know, defending these groups as well. Right, And it's like, the, so these white nationalist groups that, you know, bombed out a daycare center, it's kind of okay? Uh, and, and that's that weird sort of thing that's going on there. And again, I mean, you know, you can, you, 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 I think that they were using a lot of people. There were a lot of people in these groups. They might have been racists or bigots or something like that, but they were never really going to hurt anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that is horrible. But again, uh, you know, you also see these people kind of defending them a little bit. And again, who's you know who's who's in the middle of this? Uh, Andre uh, Strassmeier, who was I mean, out was a, a Nazi. I mean, he like mm-hmm. openly was a Nazi. Um, and you know, these guys are kind of defending that. So it's it's I don't know. It's odd and it's it's really troubling and it's a reaching a, a like a moment right now where it's uh, I mean. Uh, i don 't know it 's becoming more and more mainstream uh and it's it 's dangerous
3: uh, I, yeah i agree i mean it 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 see now another thing too david duke he 's i think he 's addressing some legitimate concerns i don 't think that you know his his message is without some kind of merit to it on uh, in some respects you know uh i 've uh, you know been First-hand witness to a lot of uh, kind of re, uh, what would you call it? Where you know a- areas around the country, you know, all around the country, different uh, cities and stuff like they have like uh, uh, communities that have pretty much turned entirely over to like uh, you know being Hispanic or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're and you're seeing this sort of like uh, slow-motion invasion happening in front of your eyes. I mean, I've been to cities in uh, one time in 2003 I went to the Appalachian Trail and uh, there was uh, the the city where I went to go get on the bus, it was in uh, Georgia, and I did not see a single white person, it was completely <laughs> Hispanic and mm. so that that is now a common thing for you know, American cities to almost be entirely Hispanic or have a very uh Uh, prominent uh, Hispanic presence. So, yeah, that is something I know that people are taking notice of and nobody's really talking too much about it other than, you know, to couch it within some sort of like, oh, well, you bring it up, you're a racist. But, you know, it's, it's you know, the total transformation in front of your very eyes of the the way it is, you know, which for myself it doesn't disturb me but like i know for a lot of people it's got to you know be driving them crazy Mm -hmm. and uh but you know it but when i when i say a legitimate concern i mean something that is uh referencing something that is actually taking place that people are definitely noticing and, and becoming very alarmed by and uh you know it's it's this uh yeah, basically a slow motion sort of uh, progressive invasion, you know that uh, that is, you know, not really actually being addressed, you know. Mm.
4: Well, no, I mean, I, I I I know exactly what you're saying, um, and <clears throat> I think it is it is a real thing, you know. Uh, like, um, like my, my my father, for instance, is uh, emigrated to America from Ireland in the fifties. Um, and, uh, you know, he was back in Ireland, this was a many years ago, but, um, you know, I don't know, mid two thousands or something like that. And he was, uh, you know, shocked at, you know, the amount of, you know, suddenly there was like, uh. You know uh African restaurants there was you know Chinese places everywhere, burritos, you know all you know this whole, whole influx of people, and he was like, you know it was completely different, and he was kind of like you know a little bummed out, I guess um, yeah, so i I think there is mm-hmm. something there and you know what And you were saying, you know, it's not really being addressed. The only way it is being addressed is in this, like, just overt racist, we should just get rid of all of them. Exactly.
3: But, Um, you know, something, too, I'll interject here is that uh, the Hispanics themselves are pretty racist, man. I mean, I (laughs) lived in a Hispanic neighborhood, or it wasn't necessarily a Hispanic neighborhood, but it had a a very uh, noticeable Hispanic uh, presence there. Uh, in this in, in this city of Wichita Falls, I used to uh, live for a couple of years in Texas, and um, I, I would notice that like uh, I would get jeers walking down the mm-hmm. street. You know, you know how be, yell out at you or mm. uh, whistle or something like that, so that you know you you don't feel quite comfortable. Uh, they really don't like blacks in the neighborhood, so mm. um, I had a. A, a black neighbor that I would uh talk to from time to time i'd see him out you know taking out his trash i'd say hey, what's going on and uh he had a his his wife is white and uh so I would you know strike up a conversation with him on different occasions and he was getting relentlessly harassed by his Mex- his hispanic neighbors mm-hmm. they would rob his they said they've robbed my house. Uh, at least, uh, uh, more than a dozen times within the last, like, year, uh, and it's just, it's just a relentless, uh, harassment of the man. And I, and I was just, man, I can see, I did you know, I really wasn't, see, now this is going on and not being discussed too, is this, this, uh, very overt sort of just, uh, racism from uh, you know hispanics against uh, blacks you know mm. and mm. that that never gets mentioned there's a lot of stuff that that 's going on in this country right now that never gets mentioned and uh, but you know i i 'm sure that 's not an isolated case because it 's mm. like there was no real that I was aware of any kind of actual uh, Background between just other than the fact that he was black and that they they were it was um, a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood to a large degree, and it, it it gave every appearance to me as if they were in the process of uh, driving him out. And I, I don't think they were necessarily hard on me because I could maybe be halfway mistaken for somebody that has a mix of some kind of ethnicity or something like that. Mm. And so I wasn't I was maybe in in relative terms left alone, but. Mm yeah that uh go, that's going on all over the place man
4: well i mean that, i mean just yeah to just you know go back to the the sort of the root of this is just that the, i mean America's still a deeply racist place oh, yeah. you know toward, oh, yeah. oh, towards everybody yeah i mean it's right. just it's a hate film and it's not even just race i mean it's you, you you see the same the same you know oh the the you know the whole uh you know there's this jewish gay agenda going on and you know this secret you know homosexual uh, this and that, and uh, that, oh, that really, you know, uh, you know, it's all a big conspiracy, blah blah. blah. They're putting stuff in our food, and uh, you know, I, I, see, you know, I see some of the, I understand the, you know, some of the the stuff behind that, um, you know, talking, you know, th- there is a lot of, uh, you know, endocrine disruptors putting, you know, putting plastic and things like that. But it, we're just, we're just still this sort of hate-filled, uh, country, and that's not being addressed, and it's only being addressed. Uh, you know in the these sort of um th- these super extreme sort of ways right um uh you know and again and, and just to you know pick on david duke some more uh you know when he does address you know he'll 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 address that but it's always you know he'll or he'll say something like yeah well you know uh you know hispanics don't like uh, african Americans or something like that uh but you know he'll and he'll portray himself as just he's totally fine. You know, like, that there's no, that, that white people aren't racist or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I think this all goes to this deeper sort of issue that there is still a huge uh, racial problem. There's still just a, a hate problem in America.
3: Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, coming, and, from all, coming from all directions, from, exactly. you know, Hispanic from communities, the less, the right, from the left to the right, the poor. Yeah, rich poor. Yeah, no, every,
4: and, yeah. and it's it's like that's, you know, that's not okay to talk about anymore. Um you know, it's like if you do talk about, you know, if you say there's a race problem or, or racism is a, is an issue, um, that, or or just that, you know, there's still it's a hate-filled place. Oh, what are you, you're some sort of, you know, cultural Marxist or something like that? You know, right? Um, right. You know, it's not it's not cool to talk about that. Um, whereas at the same time, you know, those people calling you a cultural Marxist are the ones that are bitching the most. You know about how oh they're gonna you know genocide all of the, the European Americans or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it, and, and I mean you can look you know look at look at places like Europe right now where you actually just have I mean out and out Nazi parties coming you know winning uh, elections. Winning, you know, seats in parliament. Um, and, and this sort of, this super, you know, reactionary response where, like, there, you know, you see these people in the alt, in the alt media defending groups like Golden Dawn in Greece or mm-hmm. some of these other, like, I mean, neo Nazi supporting groups. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, they will be going on and on about how Ukraine is, is, you know, it's this, uh, Western plot. To destroy the, you know, the the wonderful uh, Putin and Russia, which is, you know, can never do no, you know, can do no wrong, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's like those those people that are doing that right now are these right. Nazi groups?
3: Yeah, I want to talk. You know. I want to bring something up about that. Uh, okay, then these Nazi groups are fired up, you mm-hmm. know, and. So there's this thing called you know Holocaust denial. You know hmm. you, you touched on that. Uh, you know bring up the hollow and all that. And uh, I myself personally, I've looked into a lot of that material that uh, is debunking the Holocaust. And I'll, I'll have to say that as, as far as the evidence that comes from officialdom that supports it. It it's it the but this aspect of it the idea which uh, which is the i think central you know uh premise of the whole thing about the nazis and the with with the eradication of the jews is that you know they you know systematically set up uh these you know death camps as they're called like auschwitz dachau mm. all those different ones with with the express purpose of systematically eradicating people with, you know, gas, you know, Mm -hmm. you've heard the story, gas chambers and Mm -hmm. and crematoriums and all that stuff. But if you, yeah, if you look at the, you know, quote-unquote evidence, I mean, just from official sources, and then, you know, some of the, like, analysis of that, and it's like, okay, for this to be a death camp it is not set up to be a death camp, uh, and, and we're talking about Germans. Some of the best engineers, you know, they have a reputation for being in engineering uh, uh, um, adept. You know, like we're, but you know, if to build a, a death camp like that with with the purpose in mind of what we're always told what what they were for, and I'm not saying that nobody died in the camps or whatever. I, th- I think there was typhoid outbreaks that were being addressed, but different things and then yeah with that wiped out a whole bunch of people and i think that you know that might have been part of a, uh, an agenda but then you know you it comes to find out like the german soldiers and stuff were dying too because typhoid is spreading and they were really working hard to eradicate it you know that's why they shave their heads you know mm. why do you why do you go through the trouble to shave heads if you're going to go ahead and put them in a uh, gas chamber, right after that doesn't make any. See, that doesn't make any sense. And then you know they say, oh, here's the piles of shoes. That's proof of all these people dying. But you know they do that today. If you go to jail or something like that, you don't get to wear your shoes in jail. Uh, you know because they're addressing the parasite problem. You know so if 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 you're going to go ahead and take these people and 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 incinerate them into ashes you don't why would you carry out all these protocols that are you know dealing with lice and stuff like that that doesn't make any sense so yeah there's there's a lot of stuff to back up the you know quote unquote hot holocaust deniers but why why I'm bringing this up is that uh, you know I think this is understood throughout you know like the the german nationalists and and, 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 and those people and they've been made the villain i mean our history channel uh in the United you know in the United States we get heavily bombarded it's just mainly dealing with the you know atrocities of of World War 2 you know they call it the Hitler channel because it's so much mm-hmm. of that material on it and i think what that has done it's set the stage for what we're seeing now so that you know people have looked into it and they're convinced okay that's not what the Germans were doing and, uh, and, you know, they're Germans and they identify and, uh, with that and, and see that, you know, injustice being carried out and it being covered up and it being continually perpetuated. And yeah, yeah, it's galvanizing them to, you know, help, help them take the position that they're taking. You know, that, that's the way I look at that. You know, I, I, I don't, uh, I, I haven't seen, you know, you know, they say they eradicated six million Jews, and then you know that that figure changes all the time. There's just it's so problematic, you know, like what uh, what is the true uh, evidentiary basis for the you know quote unquote Holocaust? And I think like all the evidence is very, very dubious. Myself, I, I you know I, but uh, does, does that make me a Hitler lover? No.
4: Well, that's I mean. <laughs> That's. I think that's. Uh, you know, that, that that's one of the cruxes of this whole thing is that they are, uh, you know, denying that it took place, or they're. You know, they'll come up with some sort of. I mean, I, I was recently on on one of these sites, and I mean, they had this whole thing about how you know oh they were really helping them that they were going to like relocate them and then it's like but there was no one got relocated you know all those people that went in they never came back out but leaving that aside i think it's it, then it becomes this sort of um this this weird issue and i i just saw this um uh, recently where it becomes this argument about well hitler didn't know You know, Himmler and some of these other, uh, you know, lunatics, they knew what was going on. But Hitler was, he was good. You know, he really, you know, he was just misunderstood. You know, he was just a a painter who, um, you know, uh, really meant well. Um so then that you know that's what it becomes then is this sort of but, but you know, but Hitler was okay because again, he was fighting the New world order, you know, he was against the uh you know the uh Jewish reptilian conspiracy that wants you know whatever the hell that is, or you know what I mean like um and th- that's what it becomes, and it's it, and again, it's like so this black magic, dark occultist uh you know mm-hmm. fringe group that rose to be, you know, this... Again, it represents everything they're against, you know. I mean, talk about statism. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the whole the whole country. Uh, and then also at the same time, you know, it's like a post-World War II, that's, you know, that's what the CIA is doing. They're picking up all the Nazis. And they don't seem to see any problem with that either.
3: Yeah, what well, do you mean? Like uh, Project Paperclip where they yeah. allegedly... Uh, shipped a bunch of Nazis over here to work in the uh, laboratories in the state. yeah
4: yeah 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 well, and that 's what i mean they they won 't mention that in you know that scene. again and I think it 's because honestly they really don 't uh care because they, they kind of they sort of like those groups they they 're fine and that that oh, historically yeah. that makes sense because it 's all of these far right fascist groups that we 're working with uh you know the Central Intelligence Agency or NATO or things like that. That's like what the whole Gladio network is.
3: Yeah, um, and then you got to ignore the eugenics programs that were, that were taking place here in the United States, and then uh, yeah, Hitler time Time Magazine's Man of the Year. You know, yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah,
4: well, and that's what. Yeah, and it's just this, this sort of this like crazy logic where it becomes this. Uh, you know, Hitler was good. He was an okay guy. You know, don't worry about it. Um, uh, You know, just get on with your day. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm still, it's that weird, this weird new trajectory that all, so many of these media outlets are getting into. Um, You know, and again, it's, and this is partly what what sort of Josh Reeves in, in The Secret Right talks about, is that, you know, by allowing yourself to get sucked into that, uh, that mindset that, you know, oh, Hitler was great. The Jews control everything, you know, holo this sort of stuff. Yeah. You're ultimately setting yourself up to be the victims of the very same thing that you claim is, you know, it's so horrible. So it's like, you know, when the FEMA camps start up, you're who they're going to be going after, you know, because you're going to be this, this, you know, the great, just great justification. You know, because the people at the very top, while, they, yes, they are, you know, neocons or, or whatever, they're crazy. I mean, they're not – politically, they're not like you at all, you know, and that's you're, – you're the excellent group that they're going to pick up on. Um, so – and that's what, another really powerful thing. Um, you know, I, I really can't recommend enough uh, Josh Reeves' The Secret, right? And he also gets into Jones and Ron Paul and all those other things. But it's an amazing movie. And Josh Reeves is by all – you know, he is a conservative, so. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not like some, you know, I don't know, liberal sort of thing. He's definitely, but he's just saying, you know, it's it's you know, you're compl- you know, you're 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 buying this whole, th- you know, Alex Jones talking about FEMA camps, but you know, in reality, you're fulfilling all of the requirements to get into those FEMA camps and you don't even realize it. Um and that's really scary. And that's again yeah. the power that these alt media figures have to kind of take these people and, again, insert these outrageous ideas, um, you know, into this. And, again, it's just sort of like, you know, so, okay, the Nazis are are okay, and then they all go and work for the CIA, and, you know, the CIA is creating people like Timothy McVeigh, um, you know, or using him uh, to then commit these horrific acts alongside a whole bunch of other CIA people, and then, you know, they turn around and they, then they start cracking down on all these Patriot people. So it's it's mm. this crazy uh, game that's being played right now. And I don't, you know, and and I think so many people fall into this like, oh, this is, you know, this is the most alternative. You know, it's like once you get into the alt media, suddenly everything, you know, you have to have an alternative view on on every single issue in the world, you know. Yeah. Um, So then that turns into, you know, no one died during World War II or, you know, Hitler was really, you know, really. And it's like, yeah, I I totally understand that, um, you know, I mean, talk about, the you know, the firebombing of Dresden, the firebombing of Tokyo.
3: Right. uh, And then like these uh, horrific things. Are those, because you get this word thrown out there, atrocity, war atrocity and stuff like that. I mean, that's pretty severe i mean bombing the just daylights out of a, a a city or something like that and that was the allies you know they just yeah bombing the crap out of everything bombing the crap out of japan bombing the but you know that's oh that's just what you do in war but then over here in this other category if you're if you're killing people a, di- a different way and that's the whole holocaust thing it's like oh they killed them in the oven so that instead of burning you alive inside your house They take you and burn you in an oven, and that's somehow like that's That's somehow uh, an atrocity. But we we go ahead and roast you alive. I I guess is that the is that the benefit? So you have the you're in the comfort of your home. Maybe you're sipping Mm. some iced tea. Here comes an incendiary bomb, and you're roasted alive. And then, well, at least you know the allies didn't cart you off to a different place to have it done. And that and that makes it. See, I mean, there is no really. Kind of logical, con- uh, there is no logical context for yeah. it, th- these type of discussions. It's not it's not ever framed into any kind of real uh, uh, dealing with the reality of well, you know what war is and all that. It's like yeah, it's yeah. That, that, it's all atrocity. I mean, you could just categorize something else as being atrocity, uh, vilify, <laughs> create a, this eternal villain class that you can just harp on, and then have have the name. Hitler synonymous with evil, and I, I just I don't buy into any of that garbage. I, 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 but I'm, but with that said, I'm not saying Hitler was good. I I don't see it's like this. It's this like absolutist fallacy that I think people like readily kind of you know fall into is that. Well, if you don't accept, you know, th- this and this and that out of official them, like I've been uh, going with these ongoing debates with uh, atheists and stuff like that. And then, you <laughs> know, so it's like, so if I don't accept their premise and when the, and I'm questioning the, 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 the foundational premise that their claims is based on, then therefore I must be, you know, a hater of science. Like I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't believe in uh, any science. I shouldn't even be driving a car. That kind of yeah, yeah. Absolutist, absolutism, uh, logically, is basically a straw man, so that you misrepresent the opponent, so that you can create a straw man based on it, and then to try to make their argument look absurd by, mm. you know, including a bunch of stuff that I didn't, you know, that aren't even included in my arguments at all. So it's like that. The, the people. That that's why you know when I. I, I do my uh, calls and I do, you know, videos and stuff like that. I, I always try to kind of keep in mind the, you know, what you know, what what are logically fallacious arguments and what are not, and mm. that I think that's an important people to have critical thinking skills and mm. to to be able to analyze the stuff, you know.
4: No, you know, and, and you know, on the on that that sort of absolutism, I totally, I do agree with you. Um, you know, all war is a crime. There's not really, you know, I mean, you can't yeah. and comparing one atrocity. You know, it's like, well, was Pol Pot kind of better because he, you know, he didn't kill as many people as Mao? But what if, you know, is Stalin yeah. really worse? And it's like, no, I mean, you know, any sort of genocidal act, any sort of mass murder. You know, on an industrial scale, you can't really start comparing, you know, well, this guy was better. This guy was bad. Um, but and that's what's funny, because that and, and those, these these sort of neo-Nazi, you know, crypto fascist people, they'll they'll play that. You know, they'll be like, well, you know, no one's looking at, you know, the across the atrocities of the, the communists. And it's it, that's true. You know, like you said, I mean, on the History Channel, you never really hear about what Stalin was doing or, I mean, no one really, you know, Mao, there's still people, I've, I've you know, I have people on Twitter tweeting me with, you know, they're talking about how they're, they're self-professed Maoists, and it's like, what are you, mm. fucking insane? Mm, but, yes. um, <laughs> you know, I mean, why would you ever want to be like that guy? But, um, you know, but at the same time... They'll then play this crazy logic where, you know, in uh, – uh, I think it was in the Alex Jones, David Duke thing where, uh, you know, uh, uh, Alex brings up, oh, well, what about, you know, the collaboration of, you know, big business and, and the Nazis, you know, you know big business in the U.S. and Nazis and, and – oh, well, that never happened, you know, because again, you know, uh, Duke has got to play up this I'm a populist. I I don't like the big business class. Um, but, I mean, he's just lying, you know. Then And then, again, what happens is it, it turns into this, again, no, Hitler was good because he was against the bankers and all that sort of stuff. And then even when they talk about the, you know, he'll be, oh, but what about the communists? The communists. It's like, okay, let's talk about the communists. But then it just whoop, turns around into, and obviously, you know, all of the people committing this slaughter were Jews. You know, they were the, you know, Jewish communists. Um, so, you know, they they are are they don't actually... Uh, they don't really believe in that whole, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, all the war is horrible, you know, the the West and the, you know, the Axis, they were both evil. You know, they're only buying into this, uh, you know, yeah, the West was really horrible and, you know, everyone else was good, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, so yeah. they're – and it's just crazy. And again, and people, I think they – Get into that mindset where they're like, "Oh, I want to hear about the other side," and that's a good thing, you know. We should, um, but then they're 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 you know uh, manipulated and molded into this sort of crazy view where, again, uh, you know, Hitler was great. There was no, you know, there it wasn't. Oh, I mean, you know, look at the British royal family. I mean, the first off, they're all German. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, they're not even really British. They're all Prussian, uh, and they loved Hitler. But you won't hear that coming from these neo-Nazi groups, you know. Um, uh, you know that that's nowhere to be found. Uh, the same thing. I mean, you know, there's no talk about the, you know, that. Oh, oh yeah, the Allies were bombing cities, and you know, the only places in the cities they didn't bomb were the American-owned, you know, companies that were mm-hmm. still operating in Germany, uh, because that never happened. Because Hitler was really against the new world order and against the bankers or he didn't really know what was going on. So it's (laughs) like, you know, talk about a hoax. I mean, these people are being, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy. I guess what bums me out too, I'll say this, Chris, is that like I didn't, you know, I got into this whole alt media or at least producing alt media not that long ago uh, and already I've just seen a crazy mark change from when I got in and it it seems like it's, it's degrading more and more to the point where you just have, I mean, complete lunatics, psychopaths, Mm -hmm. true psychopaths. Um, you know, I had some, uh, idiot, uh, you know, um, uh, emailing me, uh, to be on my show, uh, you know, and he had listened to an episode I did on this pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and then, you know, somehow thought that because I did an episode on Epstein, that I would love to have him on, so he could basically tell me how no one died during the Holocaust, and uh, you know, so he could promote his idiotic article that was in the Barnes Review, which is you know, a, just a Holocaust denying uh, quote you know journal. And again, uh, you know, who 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 was a part of the the whole the Barnes Review or whatever the hell it's called was Willis Carto who was head of the Liberty uh, Lobby, mm-hmm. and the Liberty Lobby was, was uh, you know, defended by Mark Lane, who was Jim Jones's f- lawyer. Uh, oh. So the CIA, you know, and, and Mark Lane is always a bit, you know, he uh, was the, the first JFK conspiracy theorist. So again, all of these groups mm-hmm. are, you know, the, in the background, you have these major CIA people manipulating in the background. So it, you know, it's really like, what is going on here? Um, it's really... It's a, it's a crazy, uh, you know, um, reality that these people don't even realize, you know? Um, and they'll, they'll promote these people that were willingly working with CIA, uh, you know, agent provocateurs or informants or stuff like that. And they just seem to have no idea or they don't care.
3: Well, that's how our... Mythologies are established through these intelligence agencies and and, and all of that. And, uh, yeah, one one thing about it, too, is if you look at some material that's out there, I don't know, there's some stuff that's mentioned in uh, uh, some of, like, Fletcher Prouty, and he's Mm -hmm. a a dubious character in and of itself, but, uh, (laughs) right, yeah, and then he's, but, you know, he makes mention of how the you know the CIA and uh, you know some coups that were taking place in South America and stuff like that. He relates accounts of them uh, putting on street theater so that uh, you know you you, you know it, it's about perception management, psychological warfare. You know if you create oppression in, in, in somebody's mind, that something's going on. I mean that's all really needs to take place. But yeah, they would engage in mock battles. People fall out on the street, uh, you know, appearing to die, and mm-hmm. then, uh, and then you know, the, the then later when the smoke clears and kind of uh, they 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 pick up the body, they throw in the truck, they get they drive out of sight, and then they all go have some beers, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. good times, you know, and uh, that see yeah, how he's been doing this man for, you know, I think so, since their inception, yeah, and uh, so, you know, I think there's this. Uh, sort of uh, kind of idea that is you know what you know everything that we're told is you know based upon some true true to life event is just what and then then we're asked okay what what side of the fence do you come down on and then it's it's so the initial premise never gets examined it's like okay did that even happen in the first place and I think a lot of people have a lot of trouble with that because they've never kind of uh, been in contact with all these different uh, uh, bits of circumstantial evidence that are kind of floating around out there that kind of points in this same direction of like uh, a lot of stuff being just completely stage managed, stagecraft, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, I talk about that a lot and. It, uh, I think it bothers a lot of people because it, you know it's it's it, it, they they'll re- retort with, well, you know, you're one of those guys that think everything is fake, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, that's the uh, yeah, you, you're making a straw man argument again, and you're you're trying to mischaracterize me as, uh, you know, every the, the everything is fake crowd, but um, no, you know, it just what I've tried to do is point out that, uh, you know whatever that we're told, you know, and it comes from an official source, no matter how many you think eyewitnesses or whatever were to it, you know, because, like, you know, if you don't know and you weren't there, uh, you keep in mind, too, that you could pay anybody to say anything on film. I mean, I don't know why that's so hard for somebody to understand. Mm. And then you have a documented record of an eyewitness. And then, but... uh Evidentiary records are, uh, if you if you have the mechanism of uh, officialdom at your disposal, you can create whatever record that you want, and it goes into the history book. And then once it once that happens, it's established as fact. And I think that uh, that's that's missed out on a lot of people. They they, but I think some of the way around it, the only the true way around it is, you know, you take each individual claim. And you you could do your analysis on it individually and say, okay, does this, does this shit line up? Does this make any sense? And then if it doesn't, you may be able to um, uh, confidently draw the conclusion that maybe that didn't even happen. You know what I mean? It's like maybe that, you know, it, the reason why I believe it and many, many other people believe it is because we just assume that, all this stuff has been checked out because it, it couldn't possibly be around out there without somebody checking it out. So it's it's really bra- based on this presupposition that, you know, and, and I think it goes to what uh, a lot of people refer to in certain other arenas as quote-unquote peer review. Mm. Like, okay, so a scientific paper gets published and it's out there and so therefore it must be legitimate because somebody would have found it out by now if it wasn't but that that brings with it so many presuppositions it's ridiculous like okay what exactly are you talking about when you're talking about an expert what are you talking about when you're talking about a peer and those things are never defined so it's like yeah and we don't even have the language to articulate any of this stuff or i mean i mean we do but we don't use it so and it's left out of these uh discussions that often get brought up so, uh, yeah, there's all of that. You know, it's like questioning the underlying premises of any claim, I think, is, is something that is uh, a lot of the talk radio, a lot of alternative media and stuff like that is deficit, man. They're really deficit in that. And, and it, it, uh, it, what, uh, what people are, I think, prone to do is, you know, you start with the jumping off point, and, which, is a, which is the unexamined premise, or, and just go from there. And uh, start to formulate a line of uh, reasoning, argumentation based on your unfounded premise. You know, and it's like mm. that. That that is something I think that we have to address.
4: Yeah, well, and I think there's also just uh, you know the the problem with the alternative media is, I mean, there's just no one actually does uh, no one really does investigations anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, just, pick oh, up the that, freaking phone. The
4: yeah, let's just follow it. This is the thing. Okay, you know, this is trending, you know, on whatever above top secret or something like that. Uh, so this is what we're all going to do. Um, you know, I mean, InfoWars or, or or Global Research, you know, they're they're famous for that. I mean, they'll just print anything. Um, mm-hmm. They don't even you know remotely care what it is, uh, and then they you know and then and then they won't reprint retractions. You know, they won't say, oh, we we screwed up on that. Sorry. Um, you know, instead they'll just sort of go with whatever. Um, and that's just a, you know, that's like overall, that's just like a big problem throughout the alternative media right now. But I think that's how a lot of, you yeah. know, the more insane things get out there. Um,
3: well, the- there's this presupposition too. I think that addresses what I, uh, I just got through talking about with this quote, unquote, peer review. I, I know that there's a specific classification that deals with, you know, uh, scientific published papers and journals and stuff like that, but it, it's also something that you could carry, the, the basic premise of it, you could carry on into uh, the, the, any other kind of arena, just like, you know, like you talked about with Alex Jones. he You know, he, he snatches a, a news article. He reads it. Uh, he doesn't check his sources. He doesn't check his... Or anything like that, and then like, did anybody check the sources on this Any, anywhere in the chain? It's like, how do you know? You know, it's like, hmm. uh, and 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 so bringing out so many news articles that you know, it, you know his his shotgun approach, where it's like, I'm just going to just shotgun this stuff out there. It's like, yeah, how do you, how can you? Uh, frame that within some kind of a workable a way to figure out what's really going on. You, you you can't unless you want to go take each individual article and go do your own digging on it and, mm. and do your own, which nobody's going to do.
4: No, I know it, it's it's pretty pathetic.
3: <laughs> you know, yeah.
4: and these people call themselves truthers. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. uh, it, it, I mean that's why the term truthers become a joke. Um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, there's there's nothing. People just don't even. Uh, or, or, or even if they you know, or, or, or it just turns into this, this screaming match. I mean, like like I'm saying, like we don't agree on everything, but it doesn't it doesn't devolve into this like you know argument necessarily. Um, and, and you know, furthermore, I, I think it's just that, um, you know, uh, the, the real the real thing for me is just that you know it, it, what, what I see more and more of this sort of stuff is that you're getting. Uh, this just sort of crappier and crappier level of discourse in the alternative media. Yeah. And more and more of this white nationalist, you know, crypto-fascism popping up uh, among, mm. and it's, like I said at the beginning, it's not just the right, because you're getting so many, you know, so, so many of these so-called, um, you know, pro-Palestinian Twitter activists, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I get attacked by them all the time. Uh, You know, uh, I mean, again, if you just take the word Zionist out and put in Jew, they sound just like David Duke. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, they're falling for the same sort of stuff. I mean, the entire BDS, uh, boycott, divestment, sanction movement, has become this, I mean, pathetic Shell of what it could have been, where everyone is basically everyone is accusing someone else of being a Zionist spy, or they're accusing them of secretly loving the Zionists, Um, you know, and and that they really don't they don't hate the Israelis enough, (laughs) you know. So it's on both sides, and uh, you know, if you don't, I don't know, if you can't wake up and smell the, you know, what's really going on. I mean, I don't really know. Uh, I hate to say it, but I don't really see much uh, hope for the alternative media in the near future. I think there's obviously there's going to be some people that genuinely care and they, they want to do some sort of stuff, but uh, you know, when it, it when it just becomes this sort of, uh, you know. You know, barely doing any sort of research if they even do research, but basically, you know, just retweeting stuff on Twitter and then bitching about Jews and you know Mexicans and homosexuals and basically everybody. You know, right. uh, then that, that's it. I mean, there's nothing else to talk about. You know, and and, and then it, it just and it gets, I don't know, to me it just seems so deliberate and so much like a CIA or intelligence operation. Uh, and these people are just completely in the dark about it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just wild. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's really really wild. And it's it's uh, like I said. It's it's like on all sides. I mean, I'm constantly uh, having to uh, you know stop or, or you know uh, defend myself against these Twitter activists who. And I'll say this right now. I've been to both Israel and to Palestine, and I you know I would uh, challenge any of these. Uh, little turds attacking me on Twitter. I mean, have you ever even been to these places? You know?
3: Mm. Uh, so what, uh, what is your take on it from your first-hand uh, perspective there?
4: Well, I mean, I, I totally, I, I think that um, I, I was much more, um, invo- like, deeply involved in it, you know, several years ago. Mm-hmm. And I totally, I mean, I think that obviously uh, Palestine was stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, i don 't there 's really no denying that at all um it, it is it is a form of brutal apartheid um, the level of open racism in Israel is shocking uh-huh. um, you would not i mean people like my age you know i must have been i don 't know twenty two twenty three when I was there. Uh, you know, so, you know, young hipster type people, right you know, just regular people. I mean, the stuff that came out of their mouths, if this, if they were saying this about Hispanics or, uh, you know, blacks or, or any minority group, I mean, you would, you would not want to associate yourself with them. Uh, but they, you know, um, really, I mean, truly horrible stuff mm-hmm. on the flip side of that. I met. You know, people that uh, were just sort of regular Israelis uh, or regular people, you know, um, that didn't really necessarily harbor races or anything like that, that they saw this as a problem. Uh, but those people, of course, don't really exist in the minds of these anti Zionists. Um, right. You know, because unless you reject, unless you basically hate Zionism and hate Judaism, then you're not really a good Israeli. Um, but I'll say this, I, I find that I, uh, and it's really really sad, I, I've talked about this before with some of my friends, it's I don't really care anymore. It's become such a, 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 an issue that it's just not even worth talking about. And I find that most of the people that are making the biggest amount of noise are these, you know, quote, anti-Zionist, pro-Palestinian, you know, anti-neocon, anti-war Twitter activists that spend all of their time retweeting horrific photos of dead Palestinian children. Mm. And I don't really want to look at that. I know, you know, I, I don't it, like, you know, there's not that trigger in my brain that releases endorphins every time I see a dead child, which unfortunately is how I see a lot of these people. Uh, that's how they view this. They, uh, you know, and they, they just, they, you know, I don't need to see what white phosphorus does to a three-year-old Palestinian girl. I know what it does, and it's really horrific, but I don't need to be, you know, that doesn't need to be drilled into my head. And unfortunately, I think that uh, for a lot of these people, uh, they're just, they're also using the Palestinians, yet again, like all people do, uh, use use the Palestinians because they just don't, they really, truly just don't like Jews, or they yeah. think that Jews are the real problem. Um, so I, I've actually just, I, 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 I I hate to say it but I just kind of ignore it. Um I it's just there's there's no real solution from any of these groups. You know, if your best bet is Hamas, forget it. It's not going to happen. Um that, you know, it, that 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 can't be the solution. Um you know, at the same time I, I feel like it you know, if I lived if I was Palestinian I probably would join Hamas. It makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but no, I I I've I've kind of given up. It's also uh, you know and it sounds uh flippant, but you know there's other atrocities going on in the world. Um yeah,
3: that's uh, a topic that seems to really push certain people's buttons, you know, especially yeah. like on oh, I mean, for sure. the the Have you ever seen the documentary Pallywood? Uh no. Yeah, you got to check that out, dude. Mm. Uh I, you know, and here we go again with, uh, okay, you're, and everything is faker, you know, I, 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 you know, maybe here's certain people out there, maybe that's running across this and, uh, but, um, I mean, clear evidence of just staging conflicts between, you know, what, what is represented as Palestinian, uh, people and the Israeli, uh, troops and, uh, yeah, clearly fake and staged. I mean, there's no denying fake and staged. I mean, they're just kind of really not being too candid about it because, uh, you know, you, you go into post and you clip out what you want and you piece it together, you put it on the news, and it's like, okay, here's this, that, and that thing. And, you yeah, know, here, here's the Palestinians and the, uh, you know, Israelis fighting again. And it's like, well, hell no, they weren't fighting. They were doing a, a street theater production. Mm. and mm. and it's it, uh, yeah you got to you just got to watch it and then draw your own conclusions, but um, does that mean i 'm saying that uh, everything that all the issues that are going on with the Palestinians and the israelis that that none of that has any ba- uh, foundation any kind of real uh, uh, sentiments that are on both sides? Um, I'm not saying that, but uh, you know what's going on with this faking of the the news in relation to that, and then how much you know if we get a ch- if we get a picture of a child that looks like it was um, burned alive with an incendiary bond, what are we really looking at, or where did it come from? Do we do we source it? Do we find out? Do we track it down? Is there mm-hmm. really a practical way to even do that, or is it something that because what you're telling me is like uh, you're you're addressing this issue of there's a contingent within this country that is very emotionally uh, 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 impacted by uh, what you just got to describe, and, and and so I'm just thinking psychological operation, man. That's 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 how I see things. That's how mm. I look at the world now. You know, um, yeah. I, but then it's like I don't know. I wasn't there though. Yeah, you know, mm. like a, I I haven't been to Israel so. Um, oh, well so I,
4: I mean, that's the biggest, the, the people making the most noise have never yeah. been to either place. And, uh, y- you know, and actually met a Palestinian person, met an Israeli. Um, and again, I mean, this isn't to defend one side or, over the other. It's just, uh, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's now, I mean, to the point where it's just basically, yeah, unless you hate Zionism in all of its forms, which, again, many times is just code word for Jew.
0: Yeah. Um,
4: you know, then you're not, you don't really love the Palestinians. And again, it's so many of these people that are obsessed with showing and passing photos around of dead children. And it's like, you know, are you, I, I can only imagine, I mean, some of these people are getting off on it in some weird, sick, twisted way. You know, this is their this is their form of resistance is you know showing you know mutilated children the way uh, you know a pedophile would do the same thing, um, yeah. and and so many of them are the same people uh, that are you know into. Uh, you, or they, they believe that they're, you know, they're exposing the big pedophile rings. And it's, uh, no, you know, you're not really, you're not really investigating any of these, like Jeffrey Epstein or uh, Jimmy Savile. You're just getting off on more and more salacious details and, and exploiting children that have already suffered. I, I don't understand how that's, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. And, and of course, they don't really offer any real solution other than destroy the Zionists. Um, that's not really a solution uh that's just not going to happen anytime soon and again if you you know a, a, and they'll 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 prop up you know oh well you know the Iran uh, backs the Palestinians so that means that everything Iran does is good you know um oh, th- this group likes them so everything they do is is totally fine uh that's not you know i mean it it's they're they're just they're playing the same game that you know the the people that really rule this world want you to play, okay. um, and again, they 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 won't go any deeper into certain issues. You know, they all they all think that like the you know the, the Mavi Marmara uh, attack uh, was you know this this horrible thing, and you know these n- dickheads like Ken O'Keefe will go on and, and spew a bunch of nonsense. Uh, and whereas if you start looking into the Mavi Marmara attack you can see that the whole thing was being orchestrated from the very beginning yeah. by Mossad and uh, Turkish intelligence, and have that that was
3: all a plan. Have you seen some of the stuff out there that uh, is critical of that whole Iron Dome stuff? I mean, dude, it is absolutely ridiculous. It's like, it—it it is so incredibly fake. And it's supposedly hmm. the Hamas firing missiles into um, Israel. And... Um, yeah, you got to look at that stuff too, man. Oh yeah, oh well, no, no, of course, deported, yeah, yeah, no, man. right, yeah,
4: no, yeah. no, the Iron Dome is a complete; it doesn't do anything. No, um, it's
3: an absolute farce, yeah. man. I mean, oh yeah,
4: yeah, well, and it's an absolute farce too that any of the weapons that Hamas fires could do any damage. They're bottle yeah. rockets.
3: Um, yes, <laughs> you know. So what else <laughs> about it is you know a complete farce? And then you know, I, it, you know, it's almost like now. Well, it's like I talk about a lot. It's like. Something becomes an industry. Something becomes, uh, and and now it's almost like kind of just a byword, a brand, or something like that. The Palestinian uh, struggle, or yeah. uh, trademark, you know, put a TM at the end of it or a registered mm-hmm. mark on at the end of it, and 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 it, it's this cause celeb thing that uh, you know, and you what you described. I've seen the same thing too. It just gets people so incredibly fired up and. Well, like, oh, that's how people make yeah. their
4: whole careers. You know, you can, you can make an entire career in the alternative media, getting paid, I would assume, somewhat well, writing the same freaking article over and over again, uh, and 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 all you're really doing is just exploiting the Palestinians yeah. like but, they've been exploited. You know?
3: Yeah. Here's another thing too. It's this it's this prospect that you have these. Um, People, I'm not saying they're not at odds, but and you you describe there's like a lot of racist, very virulent racist sentiment and stuff like that, and I, I I don't deny it, but but the idea that there's these people living in these close quarters like that, that are at, at perpetual, constant uh, blood boiling conflict with each other, I, d- I don't believe that humans actually function that way. Um, I think <laughs> what probably. To a large degree has happened is that, okay, you settle into a routine just like everybody else in the world does. You, Your captors or whatever, you come, you come become familiarized with them, seeing them every day. Oh, and then you notice, so there he's behind the bush taking a crap. Oh, he's an <laughs> Israeli soldier. Oh, I do that too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you're you getting on this uh, level footing with each other, because that's just inevitably going to occur. And then, you know, over the years, as it progresses and more and more familiarity, you know you're you're eventually just kind of doing a a, a by the numbers game where you know it's like oh you know fuck you Israeli and he's oh fuck you too okay and then have a good day and they go punt. you know it's like the old uh, cartoon with the sheepdog and the co- and the wolf mm. it used to be like a Warner Brothers cartoon. And then they would just battle it out all day—the the wolf's trying to get the sheep, and the sheep dogs, you know, knocks them over the head or does whatever—and it's kind of a back and forth, back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. But then it—it it, it shows them, like at the beginning of the cartoon or at the end of it, they go and and punch the time card and go out, and say, "All right, see you tomorrow, George. All right, we'll see you tomorrow." You know, mm-hmm. and I—I'm I, not saying that's what the Palestinian thing and the Israeli thing it, it is, you know, uh, but but I can't I, I can't help but imagine that is especially after seeing Pollywood, that there is some truth to that. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you can look at, I mean, the, the, the Palestinian Authority uh,
4: obviously collaborates with the Israeli government and with the American government, who oh, is Oh, well, yeah, well, we know, the ultimate, connect, yeah, you know, we know
3: they're connected at the top. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. No, no,
4: I it, know it, 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 all of these things. And, I mean, this is, again, this is, I mean, Netanyahu is a terrifying individual. Um, You know, and if someone... You know, bumped him off, I would be pretty happy about that. Um, but, you know, uh, 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 also then, you know, the other problem is with this, Chris, is that then it, it goes from this, the Israelis are oppressing the Palestinians to the Israelis are involved in all all world events, you know? All major terrorist attacks are really Israel. You know, the biggest one obviously being 9-11. Um, and anyone that then disagrees with that you know that notion that Israel is really behind everything. Uh, you're you're some sort. I mean, I, I've I've have been called over and over again. You know, a, you know, a mole, a, a disinfo agent, um, soft on Israel, all of this sort of stuff. And 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 this this again coming from these quote unquote people that are opposed to war. You know, uh, they, they they bandy about the, the anti-war label, um, but the, you know, the, they would be fine with wiping out Israel off, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's just crazy. It, it's really, uh, and, and that's the problem. Is that then they fall into that? Oh well, Israel is really behind all world, you know, all all terrorists, you know, ISIS, Al Qaeda, all these. things, they're really all just Mossad agents. And then, then that turns into oh, and and you know, I mean, of course, obviously the, the the Jews control the whole financial world, and they control this. And then suddenly, next thing you know, you're listening to David Duke videos, and you're oh yeah, I mean, he's speaking the truth. You know, everything is the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's and that's that partly why I, I I kind of shifted away. And as I said, I was very involved in uh, you know the uh, you know the the, the Palestinian uh, you know uh, Israeli uh, you know movement or, or whatever you know however you want to call it. I, mean, I was deeply involved in that in college. Um, as I said, I was I, I've been to both uh, places. Yeah. I spent Did time. Did you go there. to
3: that? Uh- They said they got a really nice shopping mall right there in the Gaza Strip in Palestine. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Maybe they do. Yeah, (laughs) I was I was in Ramallah.
4: Um, Which is the the five-star, you know, occupation.
3: Yeah, we we were talking about this a while back. I remember uh, the Palestinian conflict and all that, and they said, oh, yeah, inside the occupied territory where it's, you know, we're told it's like, oh, it's it's basically like an open-air concentration camp, and the Palestinians, and it's like, oh, yeah, they got like a nice mall, and they go in there, and it's like, oh, food court, oh, yeah, food court. Well, I
4: mean, again, of of course, within that, I mean, you know, uh, Gaza is basically a big prison, but let's not pretend like there aren't rich people in Gaza, you know? Let's not pretend like there aren't people in Hamas that are making money off of this. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. um, and, and I wonder, too, sometimes how much they really want to uh, stop fighting because if they stop fighting, then they don't have, they don't have the power that they have right now. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's food for thought. But, but to, to go back to what I was saying uh, before I mean, why I've sort of shifted away from this is because it, it is also, it, it is this, like, gateway drug to a whole bunch of other shit that I just don't want to be associated with. Or I just don't have the time. You know, I'm, I'm interested in, in a bunch of other things and focusing on, uh, you know, death and destruction in the Middle East. Again, you know, they, they're not talking about Yemen, no one seems to care whatsoever what's going on there, and that's the Saudis doing it, you know? Um, but according to all those people, all the Saudis are, you know, they, they don't really do anything, you know, because Mossad really controls all of them. Um, and, and, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you and John have talked about this before. You know, it's like the reptilian stuff. It, it's just, if that's your, if that's your friggin' worldview, then what's the point of doing any investigating, you know?
3: B- because yeah. And or... it's, just,
4: it's just the reptilians.
3: We had a guy come on one of the calls, and he was giving us information about uh, nanobots, you know, and how, yes. you know, we're just, you know, maybe a, maybe a half, a day, maybe five years away from, to, you know, turning the switch on the nanobots, and then they're going to go ahead and, you know, commandeer our cerebral cortexes, and then uh, we're going to be, <laughs> you know, it's a new world order with the flip of, swi- flip of the switch, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. then it's game over. Just go, <laughs> go uh, yeah, go get a... Uh, I don't know. If you just go to go to dinner or something and forget about right, it. Right? No, I mean it's
4: it's just put your head in the sand and uh, you know, or or it's like you know, right? It's like flip on, you know, NBC and and watch you know The Voice for three freaking hours. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's the that's the problem. That's the, you know, it, and it's also I mean these people, uh, and this is a broader thing with a lot of the alternative media. It's just they don't know how to turn off. Twitter or Facebook or the internet—you know—they can't turn off Infowars. Um, you know they have to the second they wake up, they've got to, You know they got to tweet something about this. They they can't actually uh, function in the real world. Um, and of course, th- those are the the perfect candidates for whatever sort of transhumanist um, you know uh, agenda there might be. Those are the perfect people because they're already uh, they have you know they've already completely. Uh, connected to their computers.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, you know, so it's that already, yeah, it's already underway. Yeah. That the, that that aspects of it. Yeah, I, I wanted to read this one paragraph from the same article. It's it, probably the last one I'll read out of it. But uh, uh, James Lloyd, by appealing to their feelings rather than their sense of reason, used this social perception to to uh, bind followers to himself, giving them the belief that the group of remnant "quote unquote" Christians. Uh, which he and his followers belonged to, were a superior class of people, and he entrusted his targets with this self-serving propaganda to ignite a self of belief in better days. They alone, he intoned, would survive the coming destruction of America, and he identified as enemies anyone he considered a threat to his best interest as opposing God himself. Anyone who did not support Lloyd's doctrines were considered inferior. He maintained that he was a great, quote-unquote, prophet, who presented a forceful opposition to the legions of the devil. Uh, James Lloyd uh, taught that the true believers of Jesus Christ would purchase long-term survival food, which James Mm -hmm. himself uh, sold as a middleman, shipping the product that was actually produced by Steve Quell's Safe Trek Outfitters. And and could only know the truth by reading and you know buying his books, uh, buying his book "Beyond Babylon," quote unquote, and well as the prop- uh, proprietary uh, poc- "Apocalypse Chronicles" uh, registered trademark tape sets, which would impart the truth of quote the gift of prophecy," end quote, that James claimed God had uh, quote unquote blessed him with. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, okay. We tie it into bi- biblical prophecy. Uh, you're the true Jew, uh, white man. Uh, Pierce, I'm just informing you that now you know that you are the true Israelite brother. Right. I'm white <laughs> yeah. too. And it, so, you know, get your survivalist seeds, build your exactly. bunker, and get, 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 get ready for this, yeah. Get ready for the shit to hit the fan, and then we're going to emerge victorious. Because you know we listen to, uh, you know, Patriot Radio.
4: Yeah. No. No. I. That's. Uh, uh, I mean, that's in, in a nutshell. Right down to the you know, buy our stuff or else. <laughs> you know, might as touch.
3: Get ready? Or- because yeah, you're the remnant, and it, 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 it's uh, it, uh, it, it's it's upon you, you know, to survive, mm. and. Uh, you know, then, I, yeah. What happens after that? I guess they go re- repopulate and then get the, you know, true true republic. That's yeah. And then there's so much more too that could be brought into this discussion too. I think we haven't even really touched upon is this because uh, I, I think it's important to bring in the the wider world of uh Christian evangelicals. And, you know, like John Hagee and, uh, you know, okay, we're in the end times and stuff like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, this is the, f- anything that erupts in Israel, it's like, oh, this is the trembling cup yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the end times and i mm. can't do john Hagee, but you know that's kind <laughs> of no, it it. yeah it's a, it's a cup of trembling and this is the end mm. times and blah 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 and on and on and and that really just gets people worked up all into a lather and then um you know you got this other kind of more uh, fringe kind of thing that's on the same basic page and then you have you know uh, well, we saw this during the Bush administration th- those individuals kind of coming to prominence with uh, yeah everything's taking place in israel Yeah, we 're watching israel and yeah we're all support- you know, we 're all supporters of Israel, and they do pilgrimages to Israel like these mm-hmm. Christian evangelical churches because everything 's about israel is in their god 's chosen people, mm. even though from what I understand a lot of people, a lot of Israelis like absolutely despise Christians. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a well, yeah, Yeah. they're they're murdering all the
4: Palestinian Christians.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I got a feel for that of the few encounters I've had with uh, Israeli nationals, and uh, I, I uh, at the time, you know, was carrying a Bible as Christian and going to church and all that, and uh, and then once this particular individual who was an Israeli uh, national got, you know, he knew where I was coming from. It's like I, I I just feel this waves of. contempt coming from the guy towards me it was it yeah. was i never experienced anything quite like it sure but uh yeah but they're 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 god's true chosen and and just like i just got a sense like the guy i, I was like i i don't want to leave anything sitting down he might slip something in it you know it's like he's like does he want to like kill me now it's like i just got kind <laughs> of that sense like he just was had this contempt all of a sudden towards me and it was like oh wow you know what did i do i, I didn't Insult them or anything. It's like, but it, 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 uh, yeah, it's all this, it's all basically the same program, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's being played on both both sides.
4: Yeah, no, 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 no. And the, the, the apocalyptic angle is, uh, definitely one to continue to explore because there's so much. And I mean, again, that's it's so much of the, you know, they're they're tapping into the survivalist crowd, um, you know, which in and of itself is fine, you know what I mean? If you want to live off the grid, do it, you know, I'm no problem. I think in a lot of ways it's a great thing. I mean, the same oh, thing, yeah. you know, w- w- if you want to, you know, uh, have your own seeds, grow your own food, all that sort of stuff is is great and excellent. But um, yeah, no, no, I mean, with this whole sort of end time stuff. That fits in, of course, perfectly to the we're all going to be in FEMA camps, yep. you know, uh, they're going to take over.
3: Yeah, uh, and then you see the modern-day prophet Alex Jones mm. on that same, on those same talking points, yeah. And then it's yep. like, even though he's not overt, overtly religious about it in, in a lot of respects, he, he's definitely speaking to those individuals. well, he knows his crowd. Right.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean the same thing. I mean, uh, you know, the, the that that's the same. All of that, you know, the the oh, the UN is going to take over. All that kind of stuff, you know. Um, I, I just, yeah, it it it's uh, and it it plays into that mentality. And again, then it plays, and then they're able to, you know, spin that into and you know, it's really it's the Mexicans that are you know going to do this. You know they're the ones that are going to take over. You know they're going to yeah. take your jobs and they're going to you know yeah. uh, rape your women and you know blah blah blah. I love that too. You know this the Trump with this you know the rapists or stuff like that. As if you know you own your your wife or your girlfriend or whatever. You know what I mean.
3: Um yeah.
4: You know, it's always they're going to rape our women, you know. It's like
3: right. Wh- what? You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a common common thing, man. Yeah, mm. with this uh, demonization of the uh, other, you know. Yeah. It's uh yeah, they're after our women. Uh, yeah, 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 right. There it was a beautiful. movie about that Mars wants our women. You know? it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's like yeah, it's just a it's, it's a reoccurring theme. Yeah. It's been spoofed and parodied and mm. Yeah, it's uh it, yeah always with that and yeah you you're touching upon how simplistic this uh these these talking points are and how they're they're designed to touch a nerve
4: no oh, no no of course i mean they they have to yeah they they have to be fairly simplistic uh because you know god forbid it it gets you know even remotely complex mm. you know and suddenly the whole argument falls apart you know, so and, and, and that's what I mean. That's what I can't, I really can't stand with this, uh, you know, oh, Dr. Duke is so smart. I, he's not. Once you, once you understand his sort of, you know, word games and mind games that he's playing, nothing he says is intelligent. Everything he says is Jews are bad, Jews control everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for yeah. some reason Real they're... Simple. Yeah, exactly. They're they're, you know, they have more money than you, they have more power, they have more influence. They control everything. And you know, we're just this poor, you know, European Americans, really uh they never had a moment uh, you know, or 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 the only the only time they were ever powerful was when, you know, it was the founding fathers. Um, You know, (laughs) uh, and as we've said, you know, the Freemasonic slave owners, um, that was the only time it was good. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if only we can get back to that, then we'll all be fine. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. I I just, and, you know, I I just hope that people, uh, I don't know, I don't see that many people, you know, talking out about this, Um, and, and, you know, this is particularly uh, pervasive in like the libertarian movement are uh, what it's, it's slowly devolved into. Um, and, you know, the same, th- I mean, the same thing, I think, you know, there's a lot of the, those sort of undercurrents within Ron, Ron, you know, Ron Paul's whole movement as well um, with the, you know, the sort of cloak racism and apocalyptic worldviews and, and that kind of shit, you know, it, it, yeah. it, you know, they're feeding into that. And I just, you know, it just, people need to kind of uh, wake up to this um, and and understand that this is going on. And and again, you know, it doesn't mean that you're a cultural Marxist or that you are, you know, uh, uh, I I don't know, uh, uh, whatever.
3: Yeah, because, uh, well... Real quick, I wanted to say something about David Duke. Is that uh, Alex Jones? I, I've listened. To, I listened to him for a long time, years, you know, back in the nineties and stuff. And uh, uh, he would he would uh, talk about how the Ku Klux Klan are really feds. You know, they're FBI. They're yeah. you know so thoroughly infiltrated that you know they're they're indistinguishable from just you know another branch of the FBI. Which does make a lot of sense i mean if, if yeah. they'd have to be infiltrated, but uh, so yeah did he bring that up with david duke i don't i don't recall them asking him if, if david duke was uh, what is what his particular relationship was to the FBI Oh no, well no. I mean, well no. All
4: David Duke says anytime you ask him about his uh, you know, affiliation and being a grand wizard of the KKK is just that the Ku Klux Klan was a nonviolent, you know, uh group that uh promotes civil rights and you know, they're really just misunderstood. You know, the same way that Hitler was.
3: Yeah, wow. and then ignore Freemasonry, like Albert Pike was the founder of the exactly. Christian Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no, of course. I mean,
4: yeah, exactly. No, 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 of course. Of course. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: oh, sure. And then wrap up Christianity and all of this in a neat little bundle. Um, you know, again, as if there's nothing occult in the Christian religion. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, 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 of course. No, no, that's a Yeah. I mean, that that that's all that David Duke has to say on that topic. Um, you know, he just sort of, you know, skirts around that entirely. He doesn't want to have any, you know, he doesn't really want to get into any details about that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. And again, yeah, I mean, right. You're raising another interesting question too. Who knows who, you know, who David Duke is really, could be working for.
3: Yeah, I would, uh, would not be too surprised if, uh, you know, he was FBI and a Freemason and, mm. uh, whatever else. But, uh, you know are, are those are those particular uh groups the end all and be all at any in any respect now i mean but uh yeah. <coughs> yeah you gotta wonder but uh that's what you usually end up with if you are able to do some deep digging um you know i i just you know it it doesn't take long to run into the Jesuits either, and it doesn't take long to, yeah, I mean, I was looking up stuff about uh, the uh, atomic weaponry, and then uh so you know who was the guy that uh compiled all the eyewitness statements and stuff the journalist that was uh there on the scene after the dropping of the bomb uh, hiroshima uh, the the bomb mm. in hiroshima and then yeah, it turns out he has uh, jesuit affiliations and he is also a member of skull and bones and mm. uh, uh his name escapes me right now but uh yeah you, you know you just you, you go off on any kind of Trail and it's like oh Jesuits oh yeah some you know secret society affiliation sure the another. CIA yeah CIA and yeah
4: oh no but right I mean that's the thing is that you know they don't none of the Duke doesn't want you to do any of that you know just know that there's somewhere in there there's a Jew. You know, or someone with a Jewish name and that's really who's responsible.
3: Yeah, keep it simple. Just keep your eye out for the hook nose. And have to yeah, exactly. the yeah. yeah, right. right. Yeah.
4: yeah, That's yeah. all you need to know, don't worry. Um yeah. But uh Chris, I actually gotta get running.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, it was real good talking to you, man.
4: Yeah. Uh enjoy. definitely. As always, I always uh I, I always love coming on. I always um I always really enjoy uh, we always I feel like end up in uh a different place, but I like that we've the, the past three times, we've kind of had some similar ideas floating around, so I've, I've really, I always enjoy coming on the show, and anytime you guys want me to, to come back on, I'm, I'm more than happy to.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, John was bringing up some points too. He, he said he wanted to kind of flesh some points out that he had made. You guys had uh, some uh, uh, compa- note comparison going on there, so yeah, maybe we'd... Uh, do that next time yeah for sure absolutely but uh thanks again guys for for
4: having me on and uh let's talk soon
3: all right real good man yeah i'll talk to you later yep take care
0: Oh, we're meeting at the courthouse at 8 o'clock at night. You just come in the door and take the first turn to the right. Be careful when you get there, we'd hate to be bereft, But we're taking down the names of everybody turning left. Oh, we're the John Birch Society, the John Birch Society. Here to save our country from a communistic plot. Join the John Birch Society, help us fill the ranks. To get this movement started, we need lots of tools and cranks. Now there's no one that we're certain the Kremlin doesn't touch. We think that Westbrook Pegler doth protest a bit too much. We only hail the hero from whom we got our name. We're not sure what he did, but he's our hero just the same. Oh, we're the John Birch Society, the John Birch Society. Socialism is the ism, dismalest of all. Join the John Birch Society, there's so much to do. Have you heard they're serving vodka at the WCTU? Well, you've heard about the agents that we've already named Well, NCA has agents that are flatly unashamed We're after Rosie Clooney We've gotten Pinky Lee And the day we get Red Skelton, won't that be a victory? Oh, well, we're the John Birch Society The John Birch Society Norman Vincent Peale may think he's kidding us the so more But the John Birch Society knows he spilled the beans He keeps on preaching brotherhood But we know what he means We'll teach you how to spot them, in the cities or the sticks. Or even Jasper Junction is just full of Bolsheviks. The CIA subversive, and so's the FCC. There's There's no one left but thee and we, and we're not sure of thee. Oh, we're the the John Birch Society, the John Birch Society, here to save our country from a communistic one. Join the John Birch Society, holding off the reds. We'll use our hands and hearts, and if we must, we'll use our heads. Do you want Justice Warren to be your commissar? Do you want Mrs. Khrushchev in there with a D.A.R.? You cannot trust her neighbors or even next of kin. If mommy is a commie, then you gotta turn her in. Oh, we're the John Birch Society The John Birch Society Fighting for the right to fight The right fight for the right Join the John Birch Society As we're marching on We'll all be glad to see you When we're meeting in the dawn In the dawn In the John Birch Society